0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. We are live on KISS FM. Well, not on KISS FM yet. Actually on Facebook. Uh, Sandy, if you're talking, I don't hear you.
1: Oh,
0: your voice is funny.
1: Oh, yeah. I need to turn that off.
0: <laughs> Where you've funny. been uh, sucking helium out of balloons this morning. I don't know. Yeah. There you are.
1: My uh, computer went right. down over the weekend, so I was kind of messing around with a few things. Hey. And, okay.
0: 30 seconds.
1: Okay.
0: Have a good weekend. Hello, hello,
1: hello, hello, hello.
0: Did you have a good weekend? One, two, one, two.
1: Yeah, it looks like I need to. Playing around with the headsets here. I'll figure that out later.
0: All right, we're going in. Mm-hmm. Bye.
2: <coughs> Big news! I have some important news for you. Interesting news! It's Blake and Darren's spilling the tea with Sandy. <laughs> K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR.
0: Oh, happy Monday, Sandy.
1: Hey, Blake. Happy Monday. How are good.
0: you? Good. Have a good weekend.
1: Yes, it was a-okay.
0: Excellent. Yes. Get ready for uh, school. Yeah. What do you got for us on a Friday morning? We've got some uh, regulations this week. New regulations. Monday,
1: Monday morning. Today's Monday, not Friday. Sorry. Right.
0: That's what I meant. <laughs> That's what I meant. I wanted it to be Friday, though. <laughs> Friday. I wanted morning. it to be Friday. What's yeah. happening on this Monday?
1: Um, so as you rightfully said, uh, there's some new regulations that have come into place and basically all of the restrictions have been removed for uh, incoming visitors. Now, to be clear, this is not the same thing as people who are coming here on a work permit. So, um, some people seem to be confused about the definition of a visitor. So, you know, visitors, um, yes, are visitors like you come in through the airport as a visitor, not on a work permit. So just think Mm -hmm. about it. Okay, so unvaccinated visitors no longer have to quarantine. Um, You know, you no longer need to apply for travel declaration.
0: Right, travel time goes
1: away. This is for all travelers. No longer have to apply for travel declaration or show any proof of vaccination upon arrival in the Cayman Islands. And um, yeah, so, you know, they're still urging people to obviously get vaccinated because that is still... Uh, some degree of protection, but um, if you test positive for COVID, you're still being encouraged to isolate and residents are encouraged to take COVID-19 tests before visiting any elderly relatives. And I think there's still private institutions like hospitals and stuff like that, that would require you to do certain things. So just make sure that when you go into those environments, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And finally, travel came in will be disbanded. Right. But those was just some of the major announcements that came out of the press conference on Friday.
0: On my notes, the um, they had said the premier said that this should be the, the final COVID press conference.
1: Yeah. It so won't
0: be anymore after that was it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that-
0: also, Then mm-hmm. also um, the uh, minister of health and wellness had said added no restrictions now on, the sizes of gatherings, either on land or at sea.
1: Right. Yeah. Yes, that is correct.
0: Mm-hmm. So all good so, stuff. Where yeah, we, where I we mean, wanted to be, you know, and we're,
1: we're. It's been yeah, it's been a long couple of years. A long time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> for sure, and we're all glad to be on this side of it. I believe. Um, so, if you're a student, and you're heading to the UK, you have to ensure that you apply for your student visas early. So, um, you know, they're encouraging students because there are delays all over the world in terms of processing anything to do with immigration or transit visas and so on. So any students with BOTC or key passports, this includes you because some people think that because they have that BOTC passport, they don't have to do anything, but mm-hmm. you know, that's not the case. <laughs> so, um, her, her majesty's government has issued, you know, just a reminder that the current processing time for student visas, one app once applications have been submitted is at least three weeks. So all don't right. leave it to the last minute, young folks, get on it. One of the other things that came out of the press conference on Friday is the minister finally addressed them as Cayman controversy. And all he would say is that a further statement would be made this week and that it was a delicate situation so a lot of people thought that that was interesting (laughs) okay uh yeah we expected a bit more but there you have it
0: what do you think is delicate about it
1: um only god knows that that they don't want to call a spade a spade apparently that's delicate (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's unbelievable but um, in other news, our big topic this morning that we're going to be leading on the show is that um, a slave wall has been destroyed in the Georgetown area between uh, there's now an ongoing dispute between several landowners and um, some people are not happy about it. So we're going to break it down.
0: What is that? What is that? What is that wall?
1: A slave wall, they're Mm -hmm. like, they were boundary walls that were actually built by slaves. And it's like, um, yeah, you should, there's a few of them around the island, but um, they're like 200 years old. They're very, very old and they um, have historical significance normally. Um, And yeah, you know, they, uh, you would think we'd be trying to preserve them, but we've just knocked one down. So we're going to kind of break it down because each party has their own position that they're sticking with very cool uh thanks for the headlines yes absolutely
0: i like your outfit i like that shirt you're wearing it's it's like a it you uh, like turtleneck it's like a rorschach test yeah oh <laughs> where, where you, you stare at it you have to figure out what's you you know, to figure
1: it, yeah what's in the pattern and it'll make you all dazed and confused if you stare at it too long
0: <laughs> <laughs> mesmerized is that new yes
1: yes it is actually oh, nice thank you for noticing
0: putting a new outfit today i like it yeah why not all right. We're super so
1: excited in our household because it's school time, new school.
0: Yeah. When today or this week?
1: Well, today is orientation. And then oh. this week we get started.
0: Yeah. Miles goes back tomorrow. Yeah. So awesome. Um, He had a tummy ache this morning. Oh, yeah. I think a
1: little something's been going around, though. So
0: yeah. keep an eye on him. I think he's enjoying summer break. That's what I think.
1: Give me uh, some pissing abysmal and push him out the door.
0: We <laughs> did. Check <laughs> out Sandy's show coming up in three minutes on Bobo89.1 FM. We'll see you tomorrow for the Tuesday headlights. Okay.
1: Sounds and- good. All right, folks. Good morning. We have just a couple minutes here until we get started. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your national song.
2: ginger fever grass or english get it ready your morning tea just got hotter honey child on the cold hard truth bobo 89.1 and cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else monday rewind impact wednesdays caribbean connections and much more don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community just keep sipping your tea
1: what a mess
2: here's your host live and direct from the cayman islands sandy hill
1: Good morning, good morning, Man. Rise and shine. What a beautiful Monday morning. Welcome one and welcome all. So we have a lot to talk about this morning. It is Monday Rewind, so we'll kick that off here in just a few seconds. So do remember that we have a couple themes um, throughout the week that we work with, and um, one of them is every Monday we kind of recap what happened over the weekend, because normally there is really so much that is going on. So we're going to get that here in just a second. Um, let's just say good morning to all of our listeners who are tuned into the program. How are you? Morning, morning, morning. Um, I'll talk about why we're so fortunate to even have a show this morning here in a second as part of our <clears throat> Monday Rewind. So good morning to Miss Renita. Ms. Joy is here joining from Texas. Aliano, buenos dias. How are you? Who else we got? We got Dion in the house. Um, Emmeline, hi, how are you? Says, hi, Paul. Good morning to Miss Iva. Thank you for the blessings for this week. We're all getting ready around here to head back to school. Yay. I know how you parents feel. Excited. Robert, how are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got Melita in the house. Carmelie is up bright and early. Um, Olivia is here. Favor is here. Favor. Chi- How are you pronouncing the last part, Favor? Chiany? Chiany? Chiany. Okay, not too sure. Siobhan's got it locked. Marshall joining us from North Carolina. Felicia's got it locked. Cayman Detailing is here. Everybody checking in. Yes. Buenos Diaz. Good morning. Diamond Princess is like, I'm here. Uh, McCoy, McCoy. Damaris. So good to see you. Good morning to Scott. Ooh, Scott. Mm, mm, mm. Got to talk about you this morning, Scott. Good morning to Alice. Um, Young Audacity says, good morning. Looking so lovely, miss. Nice blouse cut to fit. Is beautiful all over. Well, thank you. And as uh, Blake pointed out, it is a new blouse. It is. First time wearing it, so I appreciate the uh, observation. It's like a little miniature turtleneck. I don't know if Caymanians know about turtlenecks, but boy, when I lived in the States, I loved me a turtleneck, O-M-G. We used to wear turtlenecks in Tampa when it would get cold, but they were long sleeve, they were not short sleeve. And so it's kind of a similar thing, you know, but most of them had a little extra flap and they, they folded down and the whole idea really is to keep you warm. Um, during the winter months, and don't let anybody lie to you now, it gets cold in Florida. Yes, well, in Tampa anyway. Sometimes it would drop in the teens back in the day. Miss Iva says, love the top. Good morning to Steven. And Wee is also here. And then we have tons of other people who are here silently watching. And uh, we welcome you despite your silence. No harm in saying good morning. You know, Caymanians love to say good morning. Manners will tell you straight up. Have your manners when you walk into a building and you see someone in the morning, or even if you're walking in the street and you just see total strangers. Uh, Caymanians is a Caymanian thing now, so y'all new, new fandangled Caymanians. Um, it is good manners to say good morning, and it's not just a Caymanian thing. A lot of cultures around the world um, believe in saying good morning. Just good manners. Uh, when I went to places like even Cuba and other places, you know, you're walking and, you know, they got tons more people in the streets and everybody says, buenas, buenas, buenas. They don't, they can't be bothered to say both words. They can't say buenos dias, buenas tardes. They just says, buenas, <laughs> and that's good enough. But still, um, a little bit of manners will definitely take you a long way in this wonderful world. Good morning, Miss Lucille, joining us from overseas. She says, I'm up and waiting on you this morning. Love you all at home. Thank you, Miss Charlene, for also joining in. Yes, Julian, there you go. We convinced Julian to say morning, all. <laughs> Almost 200 people now on the live stream. So, good morning, all, once again. All right, it's Monday. You guys know what that means.
3: For Monday Rewind.
0: <laughs> the Cold Card Troops Monday Rewind show recaps the weekend's news and events so you don't miss a beat. Don't miss out. All the weekend's source news gossip and well, it
4: wouldn't be a weekend recap show without traffic accidents too. <laughs> Cayman Marl Road is Cayman's number one news source and has the island's hottest morning talk show. It's the hottest. Make sure you don't miss a beat with Monday Rewind. Rewind. Tune in every Monday from 7.30
1: a.m. on both YouTube and Facebook. All right. Good morning and welcome. Um, Janetta says it doesn't cause a thing to say good morning. It sure doesn't. Completely free. Tabitha, there you go. She says I'm watching from New York as always. Good morning to the beautiful Tabitha. Uh, Jesus also joining us says good morning. Ms. Rita says buenas dias. Uh, Marissa, good morning to you. And Mr. George Fullerton in the house. Hey, Mr. George, how are you? George and I went to law school way back in the day. Oh, my God. That seems like a totally different life like a really long time ago. Shirley, good morning. All right, folks. So let's do a Monday rewind and then we're going to get into a conversation. So this morning is going to be a little bit different in terms of the show format. So here's why. Uh, Tony, morning to you, my darling. How are you? So, oh, joining us in Pennsylvania. Hey. So um, you guys know school is starting back. Yes. And we're so excited in our household because we officially have a child who's going to, we call it proper school, but hello for the past four, five years or more since she was eight months old, she's been in a proper school from daycare, transitioning into like all the pre-K stuff. And so, um, it's an American school system. So I was a little bit confused. I was thinking the other day, so she's still in kindergarten. Like, didn't she just do kindergarten, but you know, the American system keeps them in school a little bit longer, which I think is actually a fabulous idea. Um, letting a child out at 15, 16 years old, mm, normally doesn't work out too well for them. So yes. um, So she's excited. You know, we have orientation today and then she starts tomorrow. She's like, oh, do I get to wear my uniform today? I'm like, not today, tomorrow. So we're, we're semi-organized. We're getting there. You know, it takes a lot of moving parts um, to make it happen. So uniforms have been sorted out. They have been because she's really tiny. So we had to buy them in her size and then adjust them down even further, especially the shorts. The tops are fine, but the little shorts are always falling off of her. Um, The shorts and the skirts and stuff. Yeah. So she is like super, super excited. And it's just like a new stage in the life of a child to be starting a different school a new school and you know, oh God, we're just like super pumped. So last night we tried to be as organized as possible because I want her now to start getting into routine. She's six years old, you know, so she's got to start like dressing herself more. And so I, we picked out the, now that it's uniforms, thank God. Because now we don't have to worry about what you're going to wear. But for day for today, since she wasn't wearing a uniform, it was like, okay, you know, let's go ahead and um, put out what you're going to wear tomorrow. These are your shoes. You know, these are school shoes only. And child, we're, we're on top of it. So, as it turns out, the outfit that she picked last night to put on today was too big because, like, she's really tiny. So, we need to take in the waist on the little shorts that she had on even more. Um, I don't think we'd adjusted those, but we need to take those in. And then she was going to wear her K man, man shirt, but it fits like a dress. <laughs> so, we're like, okay, let's just wear something else. So, we're going with a unicorn top today and some other shorts. Anyway, so congratulations to all the parents who survived the summer. You're almost there, almost ready to push them back into school and uh, yeah, we're good to go. So listen, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's a good thing for kids during the summer. She did art camp last week, which she thoroughly enjoyed. I told you guys on Friday, she wasn't really feeling well, but as it turns out, she was fine by Friday afternoon. So nothing major, thankfully. Um, looks like it was just like a little tummy ache, nothing that a good dose of Pepto-Bismol could not fix. Mm -hmm. So there we have it. So because of the the reason why I'm sharing all of this really is, um, number one, I'm a proud mama. Why not? And number two, the show is going to be a little bit different this morning because, um, I need to get out of here a little bit earlier. So what we're going to do, and you'll see how this totally makes sense with the rest of the show is we're going to actually have queued up. Um, an interview that we did uh, last year with Mr. Dick Arch and Mr. Bernard Watler um, about Cayman history and grave sites and preservation of national sites and that sort of thing, because this turns out to be an ongoing theme that is really, really, really important. We're going to talk about that closer to the eight o'clock hour. So Tabitha says, yes, back to school. Get those kids out of there. (laughs) Good morning to Bishop Hero Blair. He says, love you, my family. Charlene says it does sure take a lot to prepare them. It's overwhelming actually when dealing with more. Um, I had four at one time. Oh my gosh, Charlene. I could not imagine having four children to get ready in the mornings. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. One, one is enough. Um. So Marshall shouting out to uh, George Fullerton there says he used to do a few five K's and 10 K's with George back in the day. Nice. But yes, Um, you parents will know, especially mothers, that it takes a lot in the mornings. You're getting yourself ready. You're getting the kids ready. You're getting um, uniforms ready. You're getting breakfast ready. And, you know, um, only recently have we engaged the services of a domestic helper because all this time we've been kind of doing it on our own. But I really saw coming into like her starting school where, especially with me doing the morning show, That I really needed a little bit of help. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that you need some help. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very, very cautious about, I don't believe in anybody else raising your children, but you, because I think it's important that you raise them with your own principles and values and history and all that kind of stuff, but you need help. And, um, I must say that so far things are working out lovely with the young lady that we have. And, um, you know, Gianna loves her already. She's like, really like, when is she coming? Is she going to stay when I come home after school? And, you know, it's good that children, when children can really um, enjoy someone that you have coming into your house um, to help with their care. So um, I think it's mutual. And so, yeah, we'll we'll see how, how it all goes. So um, by next week, I think everybody's back in school. Government schools start a little bit later than private schools. It appears and, um, you know, she's been doing swimming over the summer. So she did a camp last art camp last week, but she still went to swimming in the middle of the day. And she has one more swimming lesson today um, because then, of course, school does start tomorrow. So I'm super pumped. She made some great progress with her swimming over the summer. I'm so glad. You know, when I was going to do it, I said to my husband, you know, this program sounds great. It's a YMCA program. Um, and he was like, oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, man. And I was just like, actually, it was really, really priced, extremely economic, as far as I'm concerned. He has no clue what private lessons cost, right? And I said, you know, but at the end of the day, she's going to know how to swim. She's going to be learning to swim, learning to love the water, because it is an intense program. We signed her up for all summer. I still had her signed up for this week, I think, and maybe even next week. But you need to obviously cancel that now that school starts. But anyway, I was like, listen, she's going to love summer. Swimming, and she's going to learn to love and appreciate the water safety. Duh, duh, duh. And boy, was I ever right. It has been um, an amazing journey to have her now be able to jump into the pool, be so much more comfortable. She's like breathing in the pool. You know, she's been doing like the little backstroke and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, safety for children around water, especially, but safety for anyone around water who lives in the Caribbean is extremely important, folks, because we are surrounded by water. And so many people have pools and everything as well, um, that it's really, really easy for children to get in trouble. And unfortunately, um, you know, no one even, you know, knows about it until it's too late. So we need to talk more about school safety, because I think that that's one of a uh, water safety, my apologies. That's one of the things that um, is really, really critical. And I'm always surprised at how many Caymanian children, in particular, who are going to public schools, don't have the opportunity to learn how to swim. You know, we kind of go back to these days where, oh, yeah, my daddy just threw me over the boat. Yeah, your daddy almost drowned you. <laughs> but, you know, back then that sort of thing was acceptable. That kind of trauma is no longer acceptable. And you just accepted it as growing up tough and rough and whatever but it's not really the best way to um, teach a child how to swim. And it's certainly not the best way to get them to respect the water really by almost drowning them. So, (laughs) um, you know, I'm just fortunate that she has had the opportunity to, um, to learn how to swim in a really, really good environment. And the instructors are phenomenal at the Y. Well, the ones that we had really, really big shout out to Savannah. Um, she's done a phenomenal job and, you know, I want to make sure that we continue now that we have a good summer foundation. We continue her lessons, uh, cause this is a thing out of sight, out of mind, you stop doing it. Kids will forget what they've learned and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, we got to keep on top of it, um, throughout to really, really, you know, make sure that she's upskilling and, and continuing to learn those swimming skills. So what else did we do this weekend? Well, if you joined us on Friday show, you know, that we were at waffle monkeys. Now, there's a bit of controversy around our visit, believe it or not, because it, first of all, it was a fabulous show. Everybody loved it. So big shout out to um, Scott and the entire team over there at Waffle Monkeys. It was uh, really, really fun. Um, like I said, it was a little bit challenging working in that environment, smelling all the good stuff that was, um, you know, everything, baking, all, all, I mean, they had I could smell the donuts being freshly baked and the um, the sausage rolls. And by the way, I think they gave out, I want to say over um, 200, or definitely over 100 sausage rolls that day. So people came in, they said hi, they grabbed a sausage roll. If you missed it, go back and watch it. We got to interview two young brothers. Um, one is still in uh, John Gray. He was playing, plays an instrument. I think it's the... What string instrument did he say? I can't remember now. But anyway, please plays a string and some instrument. And so they went away for the summer to New York. So he was talking about that experience. It was just super awesome. You know, I, I love young people who are doing positive things with their lives. And um, so, yeah, we had a really, really good show. Um, So after the show, I posted up a few pictures. And um, <laughs> the one that got a lot of controversy is, let me guys show you this now, this picture. So I was like, oh my God, you guys need to check this out. You guys, if you watch the show live, you know that I kind of tasted, I got like two little bites in during the show and everybody's like, what the hell is that? It's curry chicken in a waffle cone. And y'all are like, no, no, and no. I said, listen, you've got to be willing to expand your horizons in life. Try something different. Every day isn't about um, oxtail and rice and beans and plantain from the one or two little places that you get it from every single day, or you go to into your mama's kitchen and you take out a bit of rundown or whatever, you gotta know that sometimes uh, things are beautiful mixed. Mm-mm-mm. You mix it up a little bit. And next thing you know, you've tried something that is absolutely amazing. And I gotta tell you, I didn't eat as much of this as I wanted to. And I'm going back on Friday because I'm gonna go back and have me a full one. This is definitely going to be um, my Friday, um, cheat meal. Yes. For lunch. Um, it's a Friday special now they sold out because on Friday I had a few other errands to run after the show. I had a meeting and I had a massage schedule. Big shout out to Mary gifted me a massage for my birthday. I'll tell you about that here in a second. But anyway, I called back cause I wanted to go back and actually have this for late lunch and they already were sold out. I was like, What? But people who went were like, oh, my God, Sandy, thanks for mentioning it earlier. I went and I loved it. I just wanted more because it was so good. So it is literally curry chicken and rice in a cone. Yes, it's an ice cream cone. But believe it or not, the flavor, because I took a little bite with the cone and the curry chicken, the flavor of the spicy curry chicken and then the sweet waffle cone is out of this world. Like I was like, no, I need more of this. Unfortunately, because they sold out, I couldn't get any more. So there you have it. I will be back in Friday. So the challenge is on. I'm calling it the, the triple C challenge. <laughs> Curry chicken cone. Anybody who wants to go with me on Friday, we're going to just go and sit down and have lunch. Uh, you are welcome to join just WhatsApp me. And we are going to go and check this out full, full on, full on. And I think I can convince some of you who are either on the fence or you're thinking, hell, no way. You're going to be surprised at the fusion of tastes and aromas and everything that really makes this a hitter. A hitter. That's probably not the right word, but you know what I mean? A hit makes it a number one hit. It sold out. I'm telling you, it is really, really good. So yes, we have done, Julian says to pick him up. (laughs) So listen, when it comes to our culinary senses, you know, we got to expand our horizons just a little bit. You know, um, listen, we eat some crazy stuff. How many of y'all don't eat turtle, manablin, all this kind of stuff that, ugh, I'm like, no, 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 thanks. I'll eat turtle, but I only want the lean meat. I'm still picking stuff off even then. Um, but, you know, y'all love stuff that's different and weird by certain standards. So this is no different, no weirder than anything, I'm sure, that you're already eating. So yes, Julian, we got to definitely arrange it. Um, good morning to Dean. So good to see you. KK... Um, We'll get to that. KK says that government needs to review this school system. Letting them out at 15, 16 is very inconsiderate. Well, we'll talk about it. I don't think being inconsiderate is a problem. I'm just not so sure that um, they are ready. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and KK also talks about um, the free swimming lessons now that I think this is a conjunction with the Flowers Group. Oh gosh, sorry. a bit of air went down the wrong tube, I think. The Flowers Group and the YMCA and government have launched the opportunity for school kids to do swimming. Listen, grab it. I wish, and I said this to them. I said, listen, just because a parent has kids in a private school doesn't mean... That they're not making financial sacrifices. <clears throat> and one of the things that they might sacrifice is children actually taking something like a swimming lesson. There's a lot of other things that add on when you're in private school to the you know all the after school stuff costs money too. So listen uh-huh. I really um feel like, you know, offer that to all parents who wish to do it. <clears throat> I guess there's a concern that people who can really afford to do it would take advantage of it. But hopefully those people, um, like anything else in life, know when they don't need something. You don't take what you don't need, right? So I think it needs to be expanded. But congratulations to anyone who's in government school because, yes, you now have the opportunity to get those free swimming lessons in. And I encourage you to do it. So Julian says, like, chicken and waffles, I want to try minus the rice, though that was pretty neat. Um. No, you got to just eat it as is. Like, I know you want to mess with the recipe, but sometimes you got to try it as it is. And then you can kind of think of ways to kind of tweak it afterwards. Um, Darlene says, Sandy, it's why I say we are so narrow-minded that we miss out on so much. It's about creativity with food. And it really, really is. Um, sometimes the most unusual things go really, really well together. Like, you wouldn't have thought, like, Listen, I never got the whole waffles and, waffles and chicken uh, thing until I actually tried it. And then I'm like, mm, okay, <laughs> you know, so yes, expand your horizons. Don't be so close-minded. Um, yes, it's a little bit, it's curry chicken. So yes, curry is spicy. Um, mm-hmm. It's proper curry chicken. It is delicious. Tabitha says that we can drop some in the mail for her. <laughs> mm. Uh, You Little Brat says, it's a shaped edible plate, no dishes to wash, my kind of escape. Uh, Yeah, edible plates and stuff is all the rave and definitely putting it in a cone is like super cool. So yes, because it is called Waffle Monkeys, their core thing is waffles, right? So whether it's a waffle cone or a waffle waffle or whatever, they get very, very creative. And so this is something new that they've introduced on the menu. And like I said, on Friday, I've already penciled it in. Don't y'all be calling me to go anywhere else on Friday. You know where we're going already. We're going to Waffle Monkeys. All right, let's move on. So what else did we do? Um, And then I'll report next week about how good it really was now after I've had like a full one, right? So um, let's talk about what else happened over the weekend. So yesterday, Saturday, what did I do on Saturday? I kind of feel like Saturday was somewhat um, eventful. Oh, Friday went for my birthday massage. Like I said, big shout out. I got some fabulous birthday gifts this year. Um, Debbie hooked me up with a t-shirt that has a photo of Gianna. That's absolutely adorable on it. So thank you, Debs. Um, I got a, a watch from, uh, my favorite jeweler on Island. Um, David of Prodigy Jewelers. Yeah, child, he hooked me up with a beautiful watch. Actually. I think I might, maybe I'll wear that today. Um, and he knows I'm a watch person. I must have like 25 watches. Like, I, I see a watch as like an accessory, not just to tell the time. Right. So, um, what else did I do? I went for my massage on Friday. Oh, heavenly is the only way that I can describe it. It's called the massage is called Majestic Something or Another. It's a body works. And this lady is amazing. Like, I am legit. Lying on my back, because at one point you, you flip over while she does the, um, it's a combination of like a 45 minute kind of stress upper body zone massage. And then she does half an hour of, um, of uh, what's it called? Like a foot massage, um, pressure points and all the kind of stuff. Child, by the time she gets to the feet, I'm already snoozing. Like literally I hear, you know, when you're, you're so relaxed, like you're not in a deep, deep sleep, so you can still hear yourself snoring. That's me all the time. So I'm just lying there and I'm like, uh, oh yeah, I hear myself. Anyway, um, fantastic. And you know, last week I was complaining about this pain in my, um, what's really that uh, sciatic nerve that runs towards the end of the, um, of your, like uh, your back area, but then it goes into the, the behind, right? I was complaining about that and guess what? After the massage, that pain was gone, honey Chill. She worked it right out of there. So I think I need to go back this week,
3: mm-hmm.
1: get another one. But she's really, this young lady, her name is Anita. Go request Anita. She is amazing. Um, I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. This is like really, really good. So I didn't even want to get up after the massage. I'm like, can I stay here a little bit longer? <laughs> she's like, lady, I got my next client, get up. It out, <laughs> but super nice. Um, and then on Saturday, I feel like, yeah, Saturday a lot of the day just spent home and then I went and got my hair done, so I got a little refresher and uh treated myself to Manny and the Petty uh Saturday evening. So, big shout out to the ladies there, um, over at uh, Capelli. So, I got all hooked up, Rocio and and uh Ms. Melissa in the team so yeah so that was all i did on saturday so yesterday you know normally sundays are low-key get a little bit of breakfast with the fam fam and um so we had picked some not we um marlin and the helper had picked some um from our garden now you guys know we got the, we got quite a garden going on you know little boxes but they run the full length of the property we got all kind of listen i already see the um the sorrel plant, I'm like, oh, we're going to have some good sorrel for December. Um, he's got peppers, scallions, thyme, uh, collaloo, bok chow, all kind of stuff growing in the garden, honey chow. And uh, now we have some wild mushrooms. He's got to pull those out of there. But anyway, um, they picked a bunch of collaloo and, you know, um, Stacy pre-prepared our batch, you know, because we'll have it with a couple different meals during the week. But there was like two big bags full. So I was like, oh, I need to give this away. So I called one neighbor. Miss Carla never came for her kalu. But, you know, I'm thinking maybe she doesn't really like kalu. I mean, she doesn't have to like it, <laughs> you know. But maybe she was just busy. I don't know. So I put out a thing yesterday. I said, listen, who wants some kalu? Because, hey, hello, you can't be wasting food now. That's just wrong. You're growing it and you can't eat it all. So it's all about sharing. So we always give stuff to neighbors if they want it and that sort of thing. So I'm like, yep, yeah, we can't be wasting food. It's too precious of a commodity to waste food. So anyway, um, I posted it and and my girlfriend Susan's like, oh, well, I didn't know you had any call them coming over. And then the neighbor behind me is like, hey, hand it to me over the fence. And so there's a friend called development close to us, right? So I was like, oh, okay, come to the fence. Now I couldn't see her because the fence is kind of tall, but she just put her hand over and grabbed the bag of Colaloo. So while I'm in the garden, minding my own business, trying to be a good neighbor and deliver this bag of Colaloo. All of a sudden, I see this thing scurry by me really, really fast. I was like, what the hell was that? Well, y'all know what it was. An iguana. Ugh, I hate them. I was like, what the heck? And then I looked down on the ground, and guess what? The iguana's tail. Did y'all see this? Did y'all see me post this? The iguana's tail was by my foot. It had come. I think I might have stepped on it. I'm not sure. Because somebody said, somebody posted on Facebook that apparently they let their tail go and they like release themselves from the tail. I'm like, so I didn't actually step on it? Like it let it go on purpose? What the hell? No, honey child, you know, I am not down for that. I started screaming. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> so we had a moment um, where I don't know who was moving faster. Me, the iguana, Gigi wasn't really moving that fast. I was like, girl, get your foot from the iguana tail. She's like, okay. (laughs) And then those of you who watched the video, yeah, she was like, iguana alert. I was like, Lord have mercy. This iguana could have given me a heart attack. Like legit, like really? A little bit of a scare anyway. So he darted off in the bushes. So um, any iguana colors in the area, please call me. Um, I'm waiting for Denny. I think he said he's in the back. He caught the last two because they come in the garden and they eat stuff in the garden. So Denny, come on out honey gel um because y- yeah you need to come and get this little teenage iguana before he becomes an adult uh, they are coming back for a while we didn't see them but because you know during the lockdown um everybody was locked down I don't feel like there's been as much calling happening and so they are coming back with a vengeance and I'm not for it. <laughs> I'm like listen. Come get you, go on a friends, okay? <laughs> so, oh, here's what happened on Saturday that was a bit adventurous. So I'm sitting here speaking to a young man trying to sort out something. Um, and he said, oh, you know, send me a WhatsApp message as a reminder, blah, blah, blah. And I'm in the middle of typing my WhatsApp message in the computer. And then all of a sudden my computer went, look, no signal. And I'm just like, no signal. My brain is processing what that means. I'm like, okay, the monitors aren't getting a signal. Did something happen? I'm looking at the computer. The computer's still lit up and turned on. I'm like, I'm confused. So I call Marlon. I'm like, Marlon, come. The computer just stopped. And um, Marlon's like, hmm, what did you do to it? And I'm like, I didn't do anything. Anyway, he pulls it out, starts to pull it apart a little bit. And he goes, yeah, well, you know, this is some fancy high-end um. Studio computer, we had to go with all the bells and whistles. Uh, once I started the show to make sure it can handle the show and the videos that we do and whatever. And then he's like, Um, I think it's your graphics card. I was like, Oh no, but you gotta know a little bit about computers, right? It ain't gonna work without the graphics card. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, okay. Now, most computers have an El Cheapo graphics card, $100, ten dollars Oh no, not this one. The other thing that I didn't know until Saturday, and he started to inform me, is there has been a shortage of graphic cards, not really because COVID, but because all these cryptocurrency people, miners is what they call themselves, have been doing all their mining, whatever the heck that means in the crypto world. And they have been using these high-end graphics cards for the servers that they use. And they have created a shortage in the graphics card market to the point where if you could get a graphics card, it's costing you thousands of dollars. I was like, say what? And yeah, so as it turns out, it has started to regulate itself again, market conditions uh, being what it is. The, the crypto and Bitcoin, um, I don't wanna say failure, but you know they're kind of, they took a hit recently has helped the graphic cards market because those people aren't going out there now grabbing all the graphic cards that are out there. So the prices are coming down, going into the fall, they should come down even more. But now what you have is especially retailers who would have purchased them at really high prices, trying to still resell it right off the chain. Crazy, like thousands of dollars. Crazy. So um, of course, you know, I can get a graphics card, on Amazon, at uh, Best Buy for a lot cheaper than I could in Cayman. But getting it here means delay of a week with no computer, means I'd be trying to use my laptop for this show. And that's a bit of a challenge to do that as my primary computer. So I bit the bullet. A few people made some recommendations of people who might have a graphics card. So you're seeing this show today, courtesy of one of those companies. Um, it's the one that's located in Canon Place. So I actually got the WhatsApp number for the guy. I WhatsApped him. He went out yesterday afternoon, met me at the store with Marlon. We went over, you know, kind of what the specs are, because not every graphics card is going to work in every machine. So he gave us two options. He's like, take these two, let me know which one is going to work for you, and then we'll sort out payment later. I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So we got it up and running. So um, at thank you, Marlon, my in-house IT assistants. And he doesn't do much with hardware anymore. You know, he's more on the networking side and infrastructure and all that kind of fancy stuff. So, um, you know, he was even telling the guy that, you know, it's been a minute. So he didn't know if the graphics card that they had would even work with my board. But, you know, a little bit of trial and error. We got one of the two to work. So hello. Good morning. Uh, that's why we're here. All right. So that added a little bit of excitement to the weekend as well. And um, praise the Lord that we got it all sorted out. So Mitzi says, I love when you say, honey, chill. Hello, Mitzi. (laughs) KK says, I want to do a massage for vacation and birthday. Please message me the details on Facebook. I've always wondered where to go. Well, there's a lot of um, really good places on island, I must say, that, you know, give you all sorts of spa uh, treatments and stuff. We love the Westin. We, meaning my girlfriend, Melanie, and I, um, she always takes me there for my birthday. And we do like the spa and the, they have like a sauna and the um, hot tub and the steam room or something. Lots of heat after our massage and stuff as well. So yes, try new things. I'm gonna try this. There's chirotherapy as well. I'm gonna tell you guys a little bit about that. But that's where they put you in a a super cold chamber for like three minutes, and it's like so cold. But you know, cold is good for a lot of aches and pains and whatever that you may be having. Mr. Arlene said, that's another reason to get a cat. Ew. But I don't want my cat killing these things and trying to drag it inside my house. Mm. Oh, gosh. I'm too much of a germaphobe for a cat because they like to lick everything. They'll go out and kill a a mouse and bring it inside and be like, oh, look what I brought you. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) So, um, but yes, um, do snakes eat iguanas or is it the other way around? Anyway, good morning to Miss Emma. Good morning to Debbie. Um, she says, uh, dance today, stand and look at the ocean, stay blessed. Uh, Dorothy says, I'm looking so fresh and beautiful. Well, thank you. Now, I don't know if it really is the outfit because I know there's a lot of you are talking about the top and whatever, but I think I look a little bit different and it could be the graphics card as well. I mean, you know, it's a graphics card. So it does impact like how the monitor looks and whatever. So I don't know. Or maybe it's just because it's Monday and I've been going to bed just a little bit earlier, even half an hour earlier. So maybe it's all that good rest and birthday vibes and everything. Okay, so what else happened over the weekend? So my phone was blowing up um, yesterday. I kind of feel like maybe I got the first messages on Friday about this slave wall. So we're going to talk about it. If you missed the story, go and have a look on the website. We're going to tweak the story a little bit because one of the other parties have reached out and they're like, oh, you need to clarify this. We're going to break it all down for you this morning. We got an hour left of me talking and then I'm going to load up the the pre-recorded interview. And Kevin's going to watch it till the end of the program to make sure that the show ends in time. Right. So um, the parties involved themselves didn't reach out to me. It was other people who reached out and said, hold on a second, Sandy. Uh, Someone took down a slave wall. I'm going to show it to you guys here on the screen. And, um, you know, the owner, uh, one of the owners on the perimeter fence got really, really upset about it. And, you know, she made mention of this slave wall. And this is like a supposedly a 200 year old slave wall. And I thought, damn, that's been there for 200 years. And finally, you know, we come along and just take it down. What? So, you know, um, When I heard the name of the parties involved in um, taking it down, I said, oh, I have that young lady's number. Let me reach out to her. Uh, She said she's overseas. She's in Jamaica. And she's not really aware of what's going on. So she's like, deal with my brother on it. Because my brother said, you know, he wants to talk to you and whatever. So we, the brother sent us some messages. We understood his position. We included it in the story. Now the sister, Lorianne Foley, knee um, Harvey has come back this morning with some clarification of their position. So let's talk about this. And I'm going to talk about what, in my opinion, again, this is just my opinion. There might be some bits and pieces of the story that I don't quite have has actually happened here. And there's, there's a number of failings in this situation. So what we know is that at some point, Lorianne um Foley applied for And after the fact, um, approval for her uh, fence that she'd put up. So she wanted to erect a seven foot, four inch fence. You know, if you want to do anything over four feet, I think it is in the Cayman Islands, the planning laws of this country say that you have to get planning approval. A lot of people don't know this. And you need to make sure that you know the laws of the country before you go up erecting fences and all sorts of other structures. It is your responsibility to know the laws right? The CPA doesn't care that you don't know the laws. And what I find is a lot of developers and contractors and stuff who come in and do stuff for you, they themselves don't even know. Like, oh no, you don't need planning approval. Listen, technically, if you want to put up a satellite dish in your yard, you need planning approval. Did y'all know that? Now, I think that quite frankly, the planning department and maybe the CPA, which is the authority, the board, they need to do a much better job of educating people about what the requirements are. Now, slap me ball-headed, but education is really, really important with these things. And for the world of me, I've never understood why you have different agencies, whether it's the police, uh, planning all these agencies, they have all these rules and they want you to know the rules and you're expected to follow rules. And yes, ignorance of the rules is certainly no excuse, but wouldn't it be nice if they undertook some PR campaigns, like informing us, the NRA has started it. Kudos to the NRA reminding you like, this is how you use a roundabout. This is how you give way to the right, you know, and everybody's like, oh, wow, thank you so much for this information. It's Good knowledge to put out there makes us all safer, makes us better drivers. The whole works. All these agencies need to do it. Because a lot of times it's not that people are trying to run afoul of the law. They just don't know it. They don't know what's required. Now, you would assume that the more, I don't want to use the term intelligent, because intelligence doesn't necessarily have anything to do with whether you know the rules and laws or not. But in a way, yeah, you have more resources available to you. Like, you know how to use a computer. You can go online. You can look stuff up. You have access to lawyers or whatever. You know, you would think that you would, you would take the time to figure these things out. So this application was in relation to an enforcement notice. In other words, planning found out that this fence was erected without their permission. They issued an enforcement notice. And normally an enforcement notice is like you either get planning's approval and you can do it after the fact. And I believe that um, they, um, I believe they they will fine you, like you pay a little bit extra to have it after the fact or whatever. Uh, but, you know, you still need to get planning approval. They're not going to let you keep it up. And the other thing they'll do is sometimes they'll tell you to, you either apply for planning approval or you take it down. So it looks like in this situation, Lorianne put up her fence. I guess she didn't know. Uh, She put up a seven foot, four inch fence with barbed wire along the property wall. The application uh, was a result of an enforcement notice. How do we know that? Because we actually got a copy of the um, planning uh, minutes, right? So planning, go check out their website. You can actually get, let me see if I can pull it up here. You can actually get a copy of um, a lot of things that come into planning, they will send you, they'll show you the correspondence, you know, so let me pull this over on the screen. They'll show you the correspondence of exactly, this is kind of small, but let's see if we can enlarge it. They'll show you the the correspondence of what happened. So here we have a seven foot four inch fence with barbed wire at the top versus the CPA fence guidelines. So the Central Planning Authority has a whole section called fence guidelines. So go read it. If you are erecting a fence to make sure that you're in full compliance. So we have the adjacent landowner, a lady by the name of Sandra Meekins, who said that she is the owner of this block and parcel number. She said she doesn't oppose the proposed fence because you know what certain things you have to give your neighbors notice and so forth. But she says, I do make an earnest request that the rock wall of sentimental value to me be untouched as well as the screen of vegetation along the same remain. Now, I am going to say this with all due respect to all of the parties involved, right? I don't think anything malicious has happened here. I think this is just a, a situation of ignorance. Some part of it might even be willful ignorance. Like I have wondered um, how people don't know certain things as they were sharing information with me. But ignorance, nonetheless, simply meaning that you do not know. Now, even as I read this, right, uh, they've quoted her letter. And I thought to myself, something has gone wrong here, even at the earliest stages regarding this wall. So this was way before the wall was taken down. You know what it is? Having something like a wall be of uh, what we call sentimental value to you That terminology means nothing to me, except you like the wall. What should have been stressed is this is a slave wall of historical importance. Forget sentimental value, right? Uh, Historical value is something preservation, like the wrong terms were used and you know, I'm not blaming Sandra by any stretch of the imagination. I guess she thought that that would have conveyed what this was. To me, that doesn't say anything about what this wall was. A slave wall is a historical monument as far as I'm concerned. So I think the initial response should have been, this is a historical wall that shouldn't be touched. Now I'm going to talk about the... um what's the name of this, this um, national trust here in a second, right? You know, members of the national trust are like, oh, their hands are tied. There's only so much they can do. Blah, 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 blah. All I hear a lot of times, a lot of excuses in my head. And y'all know I'm not a person that really is up for any excuses. Okay. So the applicant's letters, they put the letters in full Y'all need to go and look at these CPA meetings, man. Sometimes they're like really, really long because they give you all this detailed information. So she says that, um, this is Lorianne Foley through her lawyers writing this, said that she wasn't aware of the need for planning permission for chain link fence. Again, your lack of knowledge means nothing to enforcers of the law, right? So when planning sends you an enforcement notice, the fact that you didn't know that there is a whole section called the fence guidelines, CPA fence guidelines, doesn't mean anything to them. You, you've you've got to know, and whoever put up the fence uh, supposedly is either a developer or somebody in the fencing business. Anyone who is in the fencing business should also know if you're putting up a fence or a wall that's more than four feet, you need planning approval. But you see these Johnny come lately business owners who have these businesses, they don't care about any of that stuff. They're just trying to get your fence money. Because now they put you in a situation where you did not even know that you needed to apply to the CPA to get your fence approved. Everybody who has a fence business should know this. And when you come to them and you say, little Mr. Fence man, I'd like to put up a seven foot, four inch fence. They say, oh, honey, chill. You need to go to the CPA here's where you get the application. It's online. You can fill it out online, pay your little fee, wait for approval, and then I can come and do your fence for you. No, 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 no. They're like, okay, give me your $5,000. I'm going to come and put up your fence. And then they get you in trouble with the law with an enforcement notice after the fact. Hmm. As I would say on this program, what a hot mess, seriously. So anyway, she now has to justify for planning why she needs such a high fence. Cause this is a bit of an unusual request to have such a high fence with barbed wire attached. So she's saying that she has a six foot high chain link fence with one foot, four inches of barbed wire attached from above, which is similar to the after the fact boundary fence at block and parcel, so-and-so. And she said the, um, <clears throat> the proposed gate is six feet high on another portion of the same, um, block number but a different parcel number and um they go on to say that they're also trespassing neighbors from the rear of the property who vandalize and destroy the walls of their house and so on now in the story we mentioned you know her response and what she said and Lorianne has reached out this morning saying that um the vandalism story that we actually covered uh i did say to her that's uh, when she mentioned it i said oh I was wondering if that's what it was, but this letter, and I don't know who she used as a lawyer, doesn't really convey that that was the same situation because what they say is that trespassing neighbors um, from the rear of the property vandalize and destroy the walls of their house that is currently being renovated. That isn't, I, I don't know what that is, but that isn't what happened before. What happened before were a bunch of kids during the summer or something early morning time being idle and they were going around to a bunch of different neighborhoods um you know throwing rocks at cars and destroying cars and whatever and she's saying that's the same situation that she's referring to but to me that's not what the sentence says who are these trespassing neighbors those kids were coming from the Windsor park area just being idle with nothing else to do that wasn't your neighbor doing that so I, I am a little bit confused by who, but I mean this is a minor point nonetheless. But you know, she wants the, the story to be precise and whatever, fine. But I'm still a little bit confused about who these vandals are because that's I don't know who her neighbors are, but I remember the story at the time. It was not um the neighbors vandalizing the people next door. It was kids coming into the area just being juvenile delinquents. So anyway, I'm like, okay, well, we'll link the story, but I'm i still a little bit confused. Um, you know, and then there's this request about trespassing neighbors, ignoring the repeated requests to stop crossing the property for years. And also that they want to keep in uh, dogs um, or whatever on the property to keep their dogs safe during the construction and renovation. All right, so <clears throat> there's that application. There was a second letter. <clears throat> sorry, that went in that said um, that they received a letter from one of the owners, which should be this lady, Sandra. And now listen to this requesting to leave the rock wall and vegetation along the property untouched. These have sentimental value to the owner and also serves as a privacy screen to both of the property. Our client. And again, I don't know who these att- attorneys are said Ms Laurianne Foley agreed to comply with the request of the adjacent parcel owner and will not remove the existing rock and vegetation. Therefore, we hope that the CPA board will find this application to be acceptable. Uh-huh. So they approved the application, right? And um I need to get the rest of this actually to really tell y'all. Can, can somebody send me the link for this particular meeting um, of exactly when this is? Because I want to see they talk about special issues or specific issues. I want to see what else they say. But nonetheless, they had received the um, hold on, let me see if somebody can link, Link somebody link. All right. So they had received assurances uh, from her attorney that they would not remove the existing rock wall and vegetation. Mm -mm -mm. But clearly that hasn't quite panned out. So what we now know is that it was removed, but the Harvey slash Foley family, I guess Lorianne owns one of the parcels or all the parcels, whatever, it's family land, have now come back and said, The part of the rock wall that was removed is on their property. So I don't know what the confusion is here because if this woman said, and I don't know how far this rock wall runs, but if she said, you know, her only concern and objection to this was that rock wall and the vegetation, why you would take down any rock wall at all thinking that that was okay, even if you believe it's on your property, These are shared boundaries. So I'm a little bit confused about how this happened. But their position is, oh, it's their property. And so they don't think that, you know, her request has any uh, bearing on, on their, you know, basically it's their rock wall to do whatever they want with it. Well, this is now where there's a couple of things. They also say, but they don't know, they didn't know the significance of the rock wall. To them, it's just a stupid rock wall that probably just needed to come down. Yeah. This is why I think the National Trust has really failed. I don't know what the National Trust does, okay? I'm going to be very honest with you. Just last week, I was having lunch with a girlfriend, and she says, you need to join the, the National Trust. Go online. And join the National Trust because we have a situation where people over the years have commandeered and taken over the National Trust. And it's all about trying to get enough points to get your your PR and your status and whatever. And it's more of like a, I don't know, like a celebrity, you know, wannabe situation than really understanding Cayman's culture, Cayman's history and the works. I don't know if that's true, but that's certainly a sentiment that was shared by one of the Caymanian members um, of the National Trust. They don't feel like there's enough... Caymanianism in the National Trust. So I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, the last thing I want to do is to join an organization that there's all these internal issues, because really, I ain't got time for y'all infighting, and y'all this, that, and the next thing. The National Trust has a really, really important role in the preservation of all things Caymanian. Now, the only time, I'm going to look them up on Facebook, the only time I really hear much about the National Trust is when they are objecting to something, and they seem to object a lot, okay? Environmental conservation organization is what they have themselves listed as on the on their Facebook page. And you know, uh, I always thought they're about preserving our national sites and so on. But I feel like a lot of times they are just objecting to every single development just because, oh, you're gonna kill the native um cockroaches under that rock if you put up this development. Like sometimes, I must admit that I hear stuff coming out of the National Trust. I think y'all are beyond ridiculous. But you're overarching. The bigger picture is really, really important. Okay. Well, if the bigger picture is important, can somebody please tell me why it is? And I understand that they say, oh, they don't have enough money and all sorts of stuff. All right. Uh, Why is it that the National Trust is not identifying all of these properties and historical landmarks such as slave walls with a view to putting up a sign because here's the thing the owner who is really pissed off now that this 200 year slave wall has been removed provided me with a link right to the um there's a bit on the let me just see where it is here did I put the link in here I thought I had oh, I think I need to revisit. But they provided me with a link, i was supposed to hyperlink another bit of the story, where they actually talk about the importance of this wall. That specific wall right? is covered in the National Trust. Um, I guess they go through archive walls and whatever. And all these sites. So give me, give me one second here. I'm going to find it and link it in the story because I thought I had linked it, but Chow, is that working this story? till almost midnight last night. So, okay, here we go. So, here's the thing. Um, that wall is mentioned. Let me get you the link now on their site because they've done that much and that's great. So, they have a catalog, access.com. Let me pull the screen over here so y'all can see this. Yes. And that specific wall, it has a site ID number, a site name, stone wall, Webster's estate. It talks about the site features, the historic notes. The stone wall forms a property line for many homes in the Webster Estates area with backyards parallel to the South Sand um, Road houses. The wall starts around the Walker's Road and ends at Renee Hislop's house and is believed to have been built by slaves. And they talk about all the multiple block and parcel numbers that um, have site access and site additions, right? And they show all the different, you know, you got to enlarge this to kind of see those pictures and stuff, but they've got these um, different portions and whatever of the wall. Now, I must admit that somebody said it already, for for lack of knowledge, the people shall perish. So when the Foley, um, Miss Foley's brother, uh, Leslie Harvey reached out, some of his comments led me to understand that this is someone who just doesn't understand the historical importance of this. In fact, he went as far as to say, this is just a wall. And now that he's thinking about it, um, he believes that why would you even want to preserve this wall? Because slaves built it. And if anything, that goes against, you know, um, let, let me read to you what he said, because I can't even begin to really make um, heads or tails of this because uh, I think that there's something inherently wrong with how he's thinking about this wall. But this is what he said. He said that this is just a boundary marker. This is a pile of rocks that aren't even held together by mortar or anything of the sort. He's further opined, this is what it says in our article, how hard it must have been for the slaves to find such large rocks for the wall. And he's conflicted about the preservation of this wall now. Here's the thing. This should not be something for him to be conflicted about. This has nothing to do with him. Let me be very, 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 very frank. This is something that the National Trust not only should have cataloged as they have on their website. That's great. Right? Um, And put up with all this useful information that, by the way... No one has ever probably, did y'all know that the National Trust has a com area of their website where you can go and look this stuff up? No, I'm pretty sure you don't. Right? So this is news to me, and I'm sure it's news to you. But more importantly, there should be a physical marker at that location. Along that wall, something erected to say This is a historical wall. Uh, They're easy to get those little green, you know, stone wall, slave stone wall built maybe 200 years ago. Something so that anybody who goes in the area knows that, wow, this is a slave stone wall and you're not to touch it. Now I am shocked that the Harvey family doesn't know anything about slave walls and they didn't, they couldn't look at this wall and tell that it was a slave wall i am really surprised by that but caller give me one second here good morning my dear and welcome to the program hello
5: good morning ma'am
1: hi how are you
5: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um you know one time long long time ago because i am ian's old um, I heard that, um, our preservation society of the day might even be national trust. Um, we're going to map in particular, these slave walls. I didn't know one beautiful one in East End. I know one in like North side type bottom town type thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think it's damaged in patches. So it's not a continuous wall anymore. But, I mean, you can see, you know, the footprints and all that. And this is, like I say, eons ago, but I heard that they had they were going to map and, you know, do whatever they need to do to protect them um, vis-a-vis legislation and, and policies, etc. But um, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed this morning to hear the conundrum they're in as they destroy and continue to destroy and I say, immigration, um, border control, whatever it is, you need to ask questions on these application forms to overnight stay more than three months and so on and so forth. And yes, there needs to be a lot of education. Mm-hmm. And you know, we don't want that, that slavery history
1: now. Mm-hmm. So well, here, and just let it go. Yes, and, and here's what here's what's really, really shocking to me. Is that, you know, a member of the Harvey family said that as far as they know, Cayman didn't even have slaves. I said, Jesus Christ.
5: Yeah, no, no,
1: no. My God, how can you be, excuse me, how can you be a Black person living in this country and not know that our history has been so whitewashed <laughs> that I don't know what school you went to? You must have went to one of these fancy private schools and had no parents at home teaching you about Cayman history for you to make such a statement because, yes, we had <laughs> slaves. remember the conversation we were having the other day with um mr steve The the second i hear Uh, stuff like that i understand the problem in this country yes for lack (laughs) for lack of knowledge we are going to perish because we don't even know we don't even know that we Mm -hmm. had slaves here i'm like really Y'all remember the list that I pulled out with all of the slave owners in this country mm-hmm. and who had slaves and how many slaves they had, and that a lot of us carry the the last names of our slave owners mm-hmm. and of our slave masters. Like what? We didn't have slaves except the my Lord Jesus.
5: Um. Anyway, uh, again, uh, as usual, I thank you for shining the spotlight on this issue and digging and drilling down. And, you know, trying to come to the the, the core of the issue because really nobody else is Mm. wanting to touch all these things that need to be conversated about. Folks, when you come here, oh, gosh, we were here, we are here, and doggone, I ain't going nowhere so I can Mm -hmm, be here. mm -hmm. So, you you, you know, cut us a break. And I don't believe that people don't understand slavery, and especially if the Caribbean people, we are the least um, contentious when it comes, to the Cayman Islands are the least contentious when it comes to that 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 subject matter. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
5: So I don't believe the rest of us don't know, but anyway, have a nice day, man.
1: Thank you, my dear. Okay. All right, folks, so I don't know if this is willful ignorance or or really what this is, but what I can tell you is it is cataloged at the very minimum on the National Trust website. Uh, Yes, I think that more should be done to identify this wall along the length of the wall, because it looks like it runs um, quite a ways uh, across Walker's Road. And then it talks about behind 12 Mulberry Drive, behind 15 E. Forty-five, and it goes up all the different parcels. It does say it's private property, um, you know. But again, at the end of the day, there seems to be some misinformation about this wall from the from the parties that removed it. At one point, one of them even said to me, "Oh, but wasn't this wall taken down like like thirty years ago and rebuilt or so- something?" And just because you see a wall, I want to be very, 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 very clear here, right? Just because you see a wall that doesn't have any, what did he say? Brick in, it doesn't have any mortar, not held together by mortar or anything of the sort. Hello, you go on to even acknowledge what an amazing feat this must have been for slaves to have to find such large rocks for the wall. So your interpretation of being conflicted about the preservation of this wall is neither here nor there. You can be conflicted all you want because some of y'all have no concept of your slave history. So you are beyond conflicted. That's why some of y'all have to marry m- white men and women, not because you truly love this individual for being a wonderful person, but because you're so convicted and you need to whitewash your own personal history that you cannot see yourself marrying a person of color and having beautiful children of color. Oh my God, did I just go there this morning? Uh, yes, I think I did as someone who was married to a white person with blue eyes, right? And I am all for the mixing of, I believe that mixed race children, whether it's black and Indian, black and white, whatever, are the most beautiful children in the world. The reasons that some of you go in that direction isn't because you found someone that you're compatible with, that you truly love, whatever. It's because the the thing that attracted you to them was the color of their skin. Not any of the other traits that you should be looking at in a partner. Because again, you are forced because of your own insecurities, because of your own lack of knowledge, you are forced to whitewash yourself. Lord, give me some help this morning. Because when you say that you are conflicted about the preservation of this wall, right? Because it was built by slave labor to make the boundary of a slaveholder's property, and in my eyes, it's almost a monument to the practice of slavery. Your opinion and what's in your eyes has nothing to do with the fact that this is a significant part of our history. We cannot erase. The things that remind us of the fact that we had slaves. Yes. It's not about a monument to slavery, to the practice of slavery. It's about this was real. This happened. Your ancestors, well, the Harveys are originally from Jamaica. So they've got slave walls in Jamaica too. But your ancestors at some point move these heavy bricks from God knows where on the requests and demand. It wasn't a request because they were slaves, right? Of their slave owners. They didn't have a choice. And so, yes, they were moved and they were put there by slaves. Now, how you feel about that? I don't really give a damn. I'm going to be quite honest. So you're conflicted about the preservation of the world. We have to preserve these things. That is history. Whether you view it as, oh, well, this is somehow a monument to the practice? No, it's not. The slaves built it. What else can you point to in this country that slaves built? Let me ask you that. If you felt like this was a preservation or monument to the practice of slavery, ask yourself, what else can you point to that the slaves have actually built, which is part of our history? Like I don't understand the logic behind it because it seems to me like you're happy to just erase history. It's not a monument. It's not something that you're like, oh, great, you know. Let's celebrate that that slaves were, were beaten and, and made to build this wall and whatever else might have happened in this country and around the world. But it was still built by slaves. It was still built by your ancestors and our forefathers. And there has to be some degree of respect for that. It is not just a pile of rocks. I'm insulted when you say this is just a boundary marker that is a pile of rocks. No, it's not. That means that you yourself have no appreciation of your own history. You can't just go around erasing historical markers, even if it is just a friggin' pile of rocks in your view. There are physical structures where the rest of the structure doesn't exist anymore. One little pile of rock is left and people will protect that one. Oh, this is part of the foundation of a slave house. I'm just really flabbergasted. Remember the short story I shared um, some months back about the family in the U.S. who discovered that they had purchased a prior slave plantation. I'm going to play it, I think, in tomorrow's show. Not only did they discover that they had purchased a slave plantation, but they also discovered that their ancestors, and they didn't know this at the time of purchasing it, but some experts came in and started studying, their ancestors were slaves on that exact property. They even found one of the most, one of the best preserved Slave houses in the United States of America on that plantation, and now it is owned by the ancestors of those slaves. And you know what they said too? Yes, they're conflicted that now they own a part of their own history, but it was their ancestors who were enslaved on that property. That that brings up all kind of emotions and feelings and whatever. But you cannot deny the historical element, and the need to preserve these things. So Jim says, do they teach history in schools? Like I said, I don't know. For people to say that they don't even know what a slave wall looks like, I have to question and ask what kind of history was being taught. Maybe it depends on the school. Is government school more likely to teach real K-man history? And then private schools again, eh, they don't know anything about that, so they're not going to worry about it. I can't answer the question, Jim, because I didn't actually grow up and came out enough to really talk about what is being taught in the schools here. But it's sad. And you know, the irony of this situation is when I see the comments on social media after we put up the story, everybody's like, oh yeah, these big developers, these foreigners coming in here, these white people, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, pump the brakes. That isn't even what's going on here. Coral Sandra. I don't know what Sandra looks like now that I'm thinking about it, but I do believe um, Sandra has Caymanian ancestors. But you know, she's the the oh the white South Sander. She's the one who's fighting for this wall, and it's the guess it black Jamaican Caymanians who actually took the Nam Wall down. Now I don't know anything about the Harvey's. Somebody said they're big developers in Cayman. I didn't even know that. There you go. Talking about not knowing. I had no clue. I don't know anything about these developers. I mean, they're not a big, they're not like a friggin', you know, <laughs> Davenport or Dart, or I'm sure they're not that big. But if they're developers on this island, I'm also a little bit concerned that they have no clue because they they are also admitting that they didn't know the significance or the potential significance of this wall. I'm a little bit concerned that anybody could be in the development business in this country and not know stuff like that. I'm like, Hello? Where you say you're living? Where you from? How can you not know? Um the, the patriarch of the family, Mr. Harvey, I don't know how old he is, but I'm willing to guess he's probably in his 70s or 80s. He's an elderly man. And they said, you know, had he known that this would have been so emotional for people, they would have never touched it. But it isn't about it being emotional. It's about how can you not know? You said you've owned the property for over 30 years, right? And so this is not some um, big-time developer that just came in here that shouldn't know anything about Cayman history. You've been here for a long time. You've owned that exact property for over 30 years. How could you not know that that was a slave wall is like, blows my mind. That's beyond me. I don't understand it. Now, to give the National Trust credit back in 2016, and, you know, those of you who are not even following them on Facebook, go and follow them. But I think they need to make more inroads in educating the people, generally speaking. It says slave walls or stone walls. Let me show you this on the screen here. Uh, which are said to have been built by hand by African slaves who worked on Grand Cayman over a century ago. I, even that sentence, can I just tell you what the, what the, what the, what that what African slaves? No, they were Caymanian slaves, (laughs) you know? Those are our forefathers. Yes, they came from Africa. But this is the beginning of our history, of our slave history. The way they make it sound like African slaves who came and worked here on a work permit, (laughs) and now they've since left the Cayman Islands. Y'all need to get it together. I don't know who wrote that, but when I read that, I'm like, African slaves who worked in... No. Slaves in the Cayman Islands. Caymanian slaves, because now we call ourselves Caymanian and these are our forefathers. That's the truth. It goes on to say that there are many scattered across the three islands, with most of the um, well-known ones being Drummond's Wall in Town. The construction of these walls are so solid, most of them have withstood the test of time and the elements without any mortar or cement, just perfectly dry stacked stones reaching heights of up to seven feet. Emancipation of the slaves in Cayman Islands took place in 1835. And so some of the walls would have been constructed before that date. And stone walls were also built by early settlers and Caymanians before and after emancipation. As a time-tested piece of history, one can only imagine the many hours of manual labor. uh, I think the word the manual labor, many hours of manual labor that, I think that is missing here, that went into the construction of these walls and the wall featured um, in the photo is located in a previously undisturbed forest in Northside and is still in good condition despite its age. Some reports suggest that Drummond's wall was built for protection against invaders, whereas most of the other walls seem to have been built to demarcate boundary lines between properties. So again, Mr. Leslie said, well, you know, Oh, it's just to demarcate the boundary line. What's the big deal? Well, I mean, let's be honest here. This is a big deal, right? And we should do everything to protect these walls. So I don't know who makes up the National Trust, but can y'all please do me a favor? Put this on your agenda to go around and, you know, yes, I understand you can't, these are private landowners. You can't just go purchase all these. At least can we get little signage so that people know what this is? So when they go in there and they're trying to do something, they can say, oh, I see a sign there that says this is a slave wall. Let's not touch this. This is part, an important part of Cayman history. You don't have to like it you know, when I think about slavery and I think about what our ancestors went through, nobody's sitting here rejoicing over that. Nobody's like, oh, that's a great thing. But it's still part of our history. You can't destroy it. You can't take it down because it represents who we are. Miss Darlene says, you are correct, Sandy. Zoe says, Ann Stafford is a gem who studies our archives and came out history, all of it. Please contact her. Ann Stafford is a National Trust member and knows about these beautiful old walls. Please invite her on your show. You know, I don't know who Miss Ann Stafford is, but these people need to be contacting all of the schools, private schools, everything. And they need to have a National Trust program educating Caymanians about all these things. You shouldn't have to go out of your way to learn your own history. You shouldn't be able to grow up your entire life in the Cayman Islands not knowing anything about Cayman history and being able to take down a wall and not understand the significance of it. And it isn't about sentimental value. It is a historical um, monument. Mr. Dean says, lots of Caribbean people, because their skin tone is light, they believe in their hearts that they're not Black. Well, you know, this is a sad indictment because Uh, especially on this island, but I feel like Caribbean people, even Jamaicans come in all shades and colors. You know, you've got white Jamaicans, you've got, you know, some of them are are of Aryan descent, Um, Europeans that came over. You know, you've got mulatto looking Jamaicans, you've got people mixed. Listen, we all come in all shades and colors and you have to love what you're looking at in the mirror. And you cannot whitewash who you are no matter what you do. But I'm very, very cognizant of the fact that there are people who, you know, are not happy with what they see in the mirror. They're not happy with their blackness, the color of their skin. Look at look at how many people, Jamaicans and even Asian people, who are out there literally killing themselves with screen uh, skin whitening cream to try to look whiter. Asian people go out there and get cosmetic surgery to open up their 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 slanted eyes. I'm not trying to insult anybody, but that's exactly what they're doing. To make them more round, right? To get a certain, you know, type of nose. It's like what God gave you, none of y'all happy with. Black people got a big behind and full lips and the brown skin or darker skin. The white people going out there tanning so they can look darker. Listen to the irony of this. Getting lip fillers so that they can have full lips, because that's what's in now, and they're putting in implants into their rear end. You can imagine. There was a day in time when black people were ridiculed for having big butts. All the car- caricatures and everything of the day, even the slave days, the slave days, over exaggerated the behind of the Africans. And now here we are in 2022 living in societies and communities where black people will go and inject um, silicone and all kinds of fillers that you put in your tires and all kinds of foolishness that literally is a slow poison and killing them into their rear end because they want a big behind. Cause that now is the definition of beauty. The world in some respects has gone mad and lost all sensibilities. Zoe so there's a five plus, um, uh, there is a five plus a reland piece eight along. Oh, I think something missing here, but I don't know. Eight along Fairbanks road that we Georgetown as a community can crowd fund for to save for our Georgetown community for walking oath, understory of beautiful native trees and the inside can be preserved. Can you help us? I don't Zoe, I think you might have to rewrite that because I'm not really five plus Is that supposed to be acre of land? Uh, I'm not sure what that is. So Fairbanks Road um, says we can buy this biodiverse native land mass together. Well, you know, I think that's what the National Trust is supposed to be doing. Where they can they acquire land and where they can't, um, you know, they should be working with private landowners to at least preserve some of what is on the land. Ms. Darlene says you said it. Some of us are blind to the fact, in a lot of cases, that we're Black. Cayman wait or goes to the end of the world to find a white partner uh, who most of the time marries for great opportunities that Cayman offers, paradise. And to be very, very clear, I, no one believes in diversity more than me. Like I said, I married into a white family, and they themselves, you know, didn't know certain things. They came here with a level of ignorance when they visited. And I was the first to say, "Uh-uh, pump your brakes now. I don't know what the bird watching lady in Northside who you met online has been telling you about the Cayman Islands, but no, we do not live in the bushes. We do not live in ga- grass skirts anymore. Uh, let's bring you up to speed on Cayman history. You do not come to the Cayman Islands and profess to be an expert in Cayman history and misinforming people, telling people misinformation, and then insulting me in the process. If we're going to talk about it came out in history, let's make sure we get it right. Yes, I had to tell my white sister-in-law that because she was coolest and then came here with an attitude to boot. And I had to put my foot down and said, no, honey child, not in my house. You want to go and stay at the hotel. You can do that and talk your foolishness over there. When you're staying in my house, don't sit at my dining room table talking pure nonsense. Very, very simple. So Shirley says, watching too much CNN, (laughs) making people think they can eliminate history by tearing part of it down. (laughs) Mitzi says that she saw that documentary also. I'm going to find it and play it in tomorrow's show because um, it really is so incredibly fascinating. And, you know, the truth of it is there are parts of our history that make us uncomfortable that we're not proud of. and. You shouldn't be proud of it. It was slavery was an atrocious institution. And so it is what it is. Now, I do understand, um Shirley, why certain monuments that were erected, like statutes of people who were slave owners or they were people who perpetrated slavery, I could understand why people would want those things because they are celebrating those individuals who are not very good people. That's not the same as preserving your slave history. That is a very different situation. And there is a line of difference between the two. I can understand why some statutes have to come down because those individuals had a history, a personal history, a political history of um, being on the wrong side of, you know, slavery. And so You're not erasing them from the history books. Yes, they will live on in terms of who they were. But the reason why monuments were erected for those people is because at that time in history, slavery was celebrated. It was something that you agreed with. It was something that you supported if you were in the majority of, you know, wealthy plantation owners and whatever. So should those things be preserved? I don't think so. But I think those are different things. That's not the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, Those are modern, more modern things that have been erected because somebody thought, oh yeah, we want to celebrate this man. They, They do it with all sorts of other things. Bill Cosby, after he was disgraced for being the rapist that he is, the sexual predator that has been one of the longest sexual predators in the history of American entertainment, 50 plus years, once people realize that he was slipping people, roofies and all kinds of stuff, drugging women to have his way with them. Uh, yes, Netflix is gonna, what, what we call culture cancel him, pull his shows, pull his, his stuff, you know, to stop him from making some money. I don't see anything wrong with that. Wouldn't you have been found out even years later, to be in the wrong, there is a price to pay. R. Kelly, look at him. Such a long history of sexual abuse of minors and others. Finally, when they say you can do what you want, but not for as long as you want, finally his day is here. Yeah, he stop playing his music on air. He shouldn't be making any residual money off of this. Make his behind, go sit in prison You can't erase him from the history because unfortunately he's embedded in the minds of his poor victims. But to celebrate him, to play his songs, pull it off the radio. Dean says no appreciation for ancestors and what they've been through. We can live a better life than the life that they had. Hmm. Uh, Melinda says... Act, actor developers then they should know better shame on them i don't think that that was the right word actor i think maybe you meant something else uh miss darlene says who is the sandy what oh, oh, oh what are we referring to here um so shirley says yes sandra and how proud they are of their Gorgeous historic home. They're over the moon to own and celebrate their history. Um, We referring to the other landowner, I'm assuming. Uh, Binks Vega says they didn't teach me a thing about slavery in schools. I would have no knowledge if it wasn't for me hearing old stories when I was a kid in East End. Well, that's obviously part of the problem right then, right there. How can you not teach Cayman history in Cayman schools? Every single school. Leroy says Harvey is a big developer of apartments. Like I said, I don't know these people. And as usual, I don't want anybody to think I'm picking on them or whatever. But it does occur to me that as Caymanian developers, um, I understand that they came by way of Jamaica maybe one generation ago. I'm a bit surprised that they don't know a slave wall when they see one. Lucille says, I don't know. I do not know who can forget about slavery as far as I know. We're still living in it. Preach it, Sandy. Hmm. Well, it's a different kind of slavery now. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about something that just happened in the US that is shocking, but shows how much we are still far removed from any real degree of equality in this world. Wanda says, I can't believe the ignorance and disrespect that not only came out in history and culture, but of their own personal family history. Uh, Mitzi says, if they did not, they could have asked the lady who is um, in the sentiment attached. Well, you know, we live in a world now where neighbors don't really talk to each other, honey gentle. Um. So Evelyn, Evelyn says, yes, some black women and men have a big problem with the color of the skin uh that's why they marry different nationalities tell them and listen it is a it is an issue within the the black culture y'all know what i'm talking about right Mm -hmm. jamaicans are more attracted to brown jamaicans than black jamaicans that's the truth the the first thing they see the oh pretty brown girl you got such pretty brown skin and that's why they're killing themselves with bleaching agent and it makes them look and not only is it slowly killing them some doctors now in Jamaica are refusing to see people who bleach because it's destroying all of their organs, and they continue to do it. And they think they look good in pictures and whatever. You see the telltale um, signs of the knuckles because I don't know what it is about knuckles, but it seems like you can't bleach knuckles enough. They're always black. So the knuckles and the toes and feet always show the true color. But they are, they're they slathering in, in cream to bleach every single day bleaching their face and arms and they they bathe in bleaching solutions. It's crazy. Uh, Marshall says, that's just it. They're already not admitting that K-Man had slaves. So they're tearing down the visual part of it with the slave walls. Uh, Debbie says, Sandy, Buddy Bush is her uncle and her mother is Mr. Buddy's sister. Mr. Buddy's sister, sorry, K, they're generational South Sanders. And yes, I I realize that she is a generational South Sounder, but the irony of it is, is that if you were to superficially look at the situation, as some people were in their comments on social media, you know, they would have thought the opposite was happening. Like, oh, the family that tore it down is, oh, Johnny come lately, white developers. That's not what happened. It is the multi-generational, yes, she just happens to be a white Caymanian, whatever, from South Sound, but she's the one who doesn't even live here, who's overseas trying to protect a piece of her history because she understands it. Now, unfortunately, I think in her letter to to the CPA, she should have made mention. And this was probably her just not really, you know, thinking too far that it would ever go in this direction, but she should have made mention that this was a, a historical slave wall. Those terminologies needed to be used, not just a sentimental wall, right? But the thing that gets me, and here we have some before and after pictures in the article, the thing that really disturbs me is the promise was given that it would not be touched. And then to tear it down and then turn around and say, well, it's on our property. The part that we tore down is on our property, I think is problematic. And also, um, you know, this bit about, oh, we'll replace it. You can't replace a, <laughs> you cannot replace a 200-year-old stone wall that was built by slaves. How the hell are you going to replace it? With what? No, for the lack of ignorance, we are perishing. Believe me, you. Uh, Mitzi says, I do not remember learning about slave stone walls in schools, but learned about it somehow. I cannot really say how, but I might not be accurate but I want to believe a sign was placed at the one in Town years ago. They need to be placed at every single location. That is my point. Um, Jim says, Sandy, look at the old homes that have been torn down um, already that should have been registered at the National Trust. Stop whipping the beautiful original Cayman off the map. Stop wiping, sorry. Um, Debbie says, foreigners are erasing our history. Really? No, that's the whole point, Debbie, that I'm trying to tell you. These are not foreigners. It's Caymanians. The Harveys are considered a Caymanian family. I don't care if they came by way of Jamaica. In this instance, it's Caymanians who don't even know their own history. Even if they're second or third generation Caymanians, they are the ones who are doing it. No foreigner, no foreign developer to blame on this one. But you see, that's the first thing that we want to think. Well, it has to be. There's no way Caymanians could do this. Caymanians do the most in the name of a few dollars, y'all, to make some money. Or whatever, because they want to put up their seven foot, almost eight foot fence. DJ Trucking says, now, Sandy, let's be honest, being light-skinned Cayman is different than being dark. I heard light-skinned Caymanians calling another dark Caymanian the dirty N-word. Oh, I am very, very, what did I say? k wake up every single day and they're not happy with what they see in the mirror. I'm very aware of the prejudices in this community, in this country. And people think that you're doing one up for yourself when you marry someone who's a lighter shade than you because then you're giving your children a chance of not coming out so dark. This happens every single day. k have racism. Hmm. Yes, right here in this country. There are Caymanian families, and I'm not talking about 30 years ago, 50 years ago. I'm talking about right now. You dare not take a Black person home in some families and be like, oh, this is who I'm in love with, and this is who I'm going to have children with, because your parents would have a fit. And I don't care how nice they are, and they can going to tell you, oh, their best friends are Black, and they grew up around Black people. No, 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 no. The ultimate test is to bring them home and say, Daddy, I'm pregnant for him or we're getting married, we're having a child, that's when you're going to know how your parents really feel about their Black Caymanian cousins and sisters and brothers. So much so that we have tried to rewrite our history. The Wattlers over here claiming that the white Wattlers, not, not family to the Black Wattlers. Thank you, Oliver Wattler, for doing all of your genealogy research to actually prove that every single Wattler in the Cayman Islands is family-related. I don't care what shade you come out. I don't care how dark you are, how black you are, how light you are. They came from two brothers that came by way of Jamaica from Europe. Two Wattler brothers that then came here and married. One must have liked the chocolate side of the Caribbean of Caymanians. And the other side like the white side. And that's why you appear to have two very distinct white and black Wattlers, but you're all family. Go and say hi to your cousins. huh? That's the truth. So listen, I have to go because I'm here trying to save this country and educate you all about your own history, but I can do nothing. If, if I fail my own child, I need to educate her and prioritize her and take care of her. Today's school orientation, so we need to get on the road. So that's my number one priority, right? Yes, Julian, we are all family. So I'm going to leave you all with an interview. This is a series that we're going to pick up more um, this year, Cayman Voices. We've called it a couple of different things, but I'm set on Cayman Voices now, right? And this is all about interviewing people and talking to people who know our history, and who are willing to speak on it, their own individual history, how they contributed to the Cayman community, the whole nine yards. So this interview we did, and it, we've included the news and everything into this. This will take you right up until the 10 o'clock hour. We did with um, Mr. Bernard Watler and Mr. Dick Arch. This was when they were moving. Remember when they were moving the um, the grave sites and stuff as well? <laughs> And we were asking, who are these people in the graves? Like some names are familiar, some names are not familiar. Folks, you've got to know your history. Now we intend to do more of these interviews. So if you have people that we should be adding to our list, we've got people like Mary Lawrence. We're going to have to go back to Mr. Bernard again. All these people who know a little bit about Cayman history. Tomorrow's show, we're going to play some of the stuff from um, from Emsley Memorial Church. We just celebrated a hundred years uh, a few weeks back. How many of y'all even knew that? If you do not know your history, you will perish because you will do things like take down a slave wall that you shouldn't be touching. You'll erase all physical and otherwise elements of your real history. So please enjoy this segment. Continue to watch these interviews. They're amazing. We're looking for um, you know, a permanent sponsor for these so that we can do more of these interviews, people like Miss Alrita in Georgetown. You shouldn't be a Georgetowner, and when I mention the name Miss Alrita, you don't know who I'm talking about because then you're not Georgetowner. These are the things. Even me myself, as someone who's transplanted overseas, I have a lot of my own history that I need to learn. But you have to be willing to do it. Enjoy, folks, and please. All I can tell you is I don't know where this situation is going to go from here. I know one party is interested in litigating. The other party seems to think that it's a d- done deal and it's over and the party's on the same page. I don't think that's going to happen. Unfortunately, you can't bring the wall back. <laughs> this is the unfortunate thing about it, right? You can't bring the historical importance of it back. But but I'm praying that they can do something with the bricks so that those are not lost if they've been there for that long. <laughs>
6: Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Most COVID-19 restrictions in the Cayman Islands will be going away on Wednesday, August 24th. The announcement was made at a press conference Friday afternoon. Here's a short clip from the announcement.
7: Now, I want to give you a very brief um, overview of the changes. And Firstly, um, all restrictions in respect of those traveling to or within the Cayman Islands Um, have been removed this means travelers are no longer required to apply for a travel declaration or sorry will no longer as of the 24th be required to apply for a travel declaration um, travel request or show proof of vaccination uh, upon arrival in the Cayman Islands secondly uh, there is no longer there will no longer be a requirement for people um, to test once they have completed their isolation period having been found um, to to be infected Um, however all persons who have tested positive are required to isolate um, for a period of not less than seven days thirdly close contacts of people testing positive for covid 19 can continue to work attend school Given they, well, on the basis that they complete a daily um, lateral flow test and obviously obtain a negative result.
8: Now, uh, the control and management of COVID 19 regulations that will no longer remain in effect as of August 24th are as follows. There are no longer any restrictions on public gatherings, whether land or sea, indoors or outdoors. Now, mask wearing um, remains discretionary in churches and restaurants or bars. However, what remains will be mask wearing um, for persons visiting healthcare facilities, residential homes, places of detention, and prisons. And that will be, we'll get some more information under that, under the COVID uh, management uh, regulations number four. That is scheduled to expire then on the 24th of October, or until you know, cabinet decides whether or not that can be uh, removed a little earlier. Now, restrictions around sporting activities, public transport, scuba diving, hookah, shisha pipes, boating, fishing, travel between the islands have been repealed um, in the proposed coming regulations. That means we have returned the responsibility to the people of the Cayman Islands and inspect that, expect that each of us will remain cognizant nevertheless of COVID-19 as we perform in our day-to-day activities."
6: The PAC government said public health teams will continue to monitor the data and global trends and if there are any significant changes to require adjustments in the future, the government will respond accordingly. Now to monkeypox, according to the World Health Organization, the number of laboratory confirmed cases of monkeypox from 93 member states as of August 17th is approaching 40,000. Over the last week, the number of confirmed cases increased by 20.3%, with most new cases being detected in the region of the Americas, 56%, and the European region, 42%. There continues to be no known cases of monkeypox virus detected in the Cayman Islands, and there are no suspected cases currently being investigated. Any individual who noticed possible symptoms or signs should seek immediate medical attention. Testing for monkeypox can be conducted in the Cayman Islands to enable early detection and diagnosis. Minister of Tourism The Honorable Kenneth Bryan has broken his silence on the Miss Cayman Islands Universe drama. During a COVID-19 press conference on Friday, a Cayman News Service reporter asked the tourism minister why his ministry has been silent and to share his thoughts. This is what he had to say.
8: So next week is going to be a big week for tourism, We've got mm. a lot of deep going on foreign dignities coming and we would normally have Miss Islands Miss Universe at the uh, the event and I see that there's been no giving away the the um, scholarships or the car or anything. Have you been consulted about the situation with the and um, the pageant queen because I understand it is a, a Ministry of Tourism thing and mm. you give money to it. It's very controversial. Are you doing anything about that?
9: Um, thank you for the question, Wendy. Um, and this is the first time publicly we've had the opportunity to talk about it. Um, since the crowning of Miss Miss Cayman, I want to firstly say congratulations to the winner and to all the contestants who bravely took part in, in the pageant. It's not an easy task to be in the public domain uh, and as a politician, um, I know the experience. Um, But I've just gotten an opportunity to speak with the committee and my ministry reps just yesterday to talk about the the many concerns that have been raised. Um, So I'm doing an assessment through my ministry and have further information to release to the public later on, but I want the public to know that I recognize the, the various number of concerns that have been highlighted. I mean, it is a delicate situation, but um, we'll have more information hopefully sometime next week for the public to share.
6: Tiffany Conley, who was crowned Miss Cayman Islands Universe, currently has six criminal charges in summary court. The 24-year-old beauty queen was charged with two counts of common assault for assaulting a young man and his father, two counts of property damage for damaging two vehicles belonging to the family, disorderly conduct at a police station, and assaulting a police officer. Despite the unresolved issues, the Miss Cayman Islands Universe Committee allowed her to compete and many are calling for the entire committee to resign. The Cayman Islands has achieved an important milestone in the effort to rebuild stayover tourism arrivals with a slight increase in airlift capacity for the fourth quarter of 2022 when compared to 2019, the Department of Tourism has announced. An airlift capacity report created by the Cayman Islands Department of Tourism research unit that tracks flights to the Cayman Islands through quarter one 2023 and compares capacity to 2019 shows the destination gaining seats in late 2022. The report shows an increase of 1,253 seats in the fourth quarter of this year, representing a 1% increase in capacity over quarter four, 2019, and is positive indication of tourism restoration moving towards 2023. A 45-year-old man of Georgetown has been charged with burglary following his arrest on August 16th. The man was arrested in relation to a burglary incident that took place on July 25th at a commercial premises located in Georgetown. It was reported that the man stole several items to include tools, food and beverage, household items and a quantity of cash. Police continue to look for Luisto Eusebio Hernandez in relation to firearm offences. He is considered armed and dangerous and should not be approached. If seen, call 911 immediately. The search is still on for two missing men, 53-year-old Noel Paul Manning has been missing since June 24th and 26-year-old Adrian Williamson has been missing since July 6th. Now you are asked to contact your nearest police station if you see them. Anonymous tips can be provided directly to the RCIPS via their confidential tip line at 949-7777 or via their website. More information on each of these stories can be found at caymanmallroad.com Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 608, scattered thunderstorms are expected today. Now the temperature rises to the high 80s but it will feel much hotter than that. When the high temperature is at 87 degrees Fahrenheit and the relative humidity is at 73%, like the forecast calls for, the temperature will feel right around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Wind southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour, then the sun sets at 648. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the low 80s. Looking forward, expect an increase in shower activity. Now, this week, keep an umbrella or raincoat handy. It's summertime, so those hot days and warm nights with scattered showers are very typical for this time of year. CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Now for some regional and international news. Apple is directing users of most of its devices to update their software after the company discovered a vulnerability that would allow hackers to take full control of any device they attack. Apple said the vulnerabilities give hackers the ability to take control of a device's operating system to execute arbitrary code and potentially infiltrate the devices through maliciously crafted web content. The news comes as Apple is due to launch the new iPhone 14 on September 7th. Four Belizean police officers have been charged with manslaughter after detainee 20-year-old Derek E. died in a prison van after being left there for 13 hours. The prison van was taken to a police station where it was parked but Uh was never taken out of the van and placed in a cell block. All four faced charges because they all knew uh was in the van, but none of them followed up and he was found dead 13 hours later. Commissioner of Police Chester Williams said the men would have to face some consequences and they were charged after a file was prepared and sent to the Director of Public Prosecutions. U.S. authorities have seen a spike in weapons smuggling to Haiti and the Caribbean in recent months. The announcement follows several bloody outbreaks of gang violence in Haiti that included gun battles in downtown Port-au-Prince and comes as countries such as the Bahamas and Jamaica are reporting rising incidents of gun-linked homicides. A display of seized arms that were destined for Haiti included handguns and an array of semi-automatic weapons, one of which officials identified as a sniper rifle. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz, thank you for joining me, please stay safe and God bless.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. We're here with um, Mr. Rich, Mr. (laughs) Richard Arch, uh, better known as as Dick Arch. Um, Lots of people just call him Uncle Dick. Uh, He is, uh, in my opinion, one of Cayman's uh, living historians. He has so much information in that brain of his. And um, he's a fan here at CMR. So we get to utilize his knowledge quite a bit behind the scenes. And I've been planning to do one of our conversations with segments with him which we will still do. But we wanted to do just a brief little interview today because you guys will recall that there is this uh, bit of a situation now with these grave sites being moved. And I went to the grave site not really knowing who these people are, but I saw one name that I know that Uncle Dick had mentioned to me, which is that of a um, a Dottie McCoy, uh, which we think that there is a Dottie McCoy who's related to me and I wasn't sure if that was her, but anyway he knows exactly who these people are, at least know the history of who they are for those three um, graves. And there's also some Wattlers in there. We're going to speak to Wattler a little bit later on, who's going to um, give some family insight into who those individuals are as well. So, you know, folks, at the end of the day, I mean, um, if we can't have respect for those who passed on and know a little bit about their history, which I think we should all do um, a better job at trying to find out about where we've come from and who we are. Um, then you know, it begs the question. You know, it's no wonder that sometimes we all feel a little bit lost. And I'm really appreciative to people um, like Uncle Dick here, who is so gracious to always take time out of his schedule to speak with us and tell us, you know, any little bits of history and information that he can share. So good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us, you and your little puppy here. <laughs>
4: good afternoon
1: um well i'm delighted to finally have you on the show this is not as formal as perhaps we could be doing it but um you know you've just got so much information what do you know about this grave site that is in i know now we call that area grand harbor what was that area called before it was grand harbor
4: that was red bay
1: that's still considered part of red bay yep. okay
4: and it's right on the borderline of prospect really um
1: mm-hmm.
4: the Where that graveyard is, it was actually for the Farrells and Thompsons and others. Um, But let me get you straight on Aunt Dolly. Okay. The Dolly McCoy that's buried there Mm -hmm. was Dolly Jackson, um, uh, Miss Jan, the teacher's Mm
3: -hmm.
4: aunt. Um, She married a McCoy from Northside, and that's where the McCoy came in for her. Okay. That ha- She has no connection, no relationship whatsoever with the Aunt Dolly that I've been trying to trace that used to live in Boilers when I was a youngster.
1: Okay. And that's the one that you, that you think is related to me, that, that Aunt Dolly? She
4: is either by law uh-huh. or blood, I'm not sure which, but Aunt Dolly in Boilers was definitely related to your father.
1: Wow. Okay. <clears throat> So what do we know? I mean, I mentioned a few names um, at that grave site. Um, What do we know about those three particular graves? So we have this um, Dolly McCoy. Um, We have another name that sounds like a European name. Yes. That's in that first grave site. That was
4: the mother of Dr. Krinsky. Dr. Krinsky was um, a Polish doctor here Mm -hmm. 30, 40 years ago. And... um, mr lawrence thompson married her as his second wife mm. and um her mother was obviously aging and she brought her here okay. so she's buried the mother is buried there
1: oh wow okay that's interesting that they would do you remember <clears throat> where they were from where's that name you said she, polish
4: she was positively polish i yes. knew her i knew her quite well she visited me here many many times
1: oh wow okay And they didn't send her back to poland then they just decided to bury her as
4: the mother is buried and dr krinsky returned to the u.s and my wife corresponded with her for some time Mm -hmm. and she got dementia um Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but i'm positive that she did by now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. last we heard she was in a home somewhere in florida oh
1: wow interesting Okay well that explains who that first grave is. Um, So they probably wouldn't have any family in Cayman then?
4: Well um, the Thompson, Lawrence Thompson's children and grandchildren would be related to by law to Dr. Krinsky.
1: Right okay and then what about the second grave? I'm trying to remember that name now there was the the Dottie, do you remember the name of the other one? Your brain might be a little bit better than mine, but <laughs> there was three graves. Sandra, in there.
4: my head is full of <laughs> memories, but the old age has got it packed up and filed away. <laughs> um,
1: um, so we had so that Dottie you're saying was a Jackson originally, and then she married a, a McCoy. Yes. Okay. And the she, other name the was older an Eagle. Oh yes, it was an E. The
4: older Caymanians will remember that Aunt Dolly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That Aunt Dolly from, she used to work at Co Mart with Will Coe,
1: okay. um,
4: where the landmark building is now.
1: Right, okay.
4: She was a lovely lady, used to, she pretty well well dressed, so always pretty, mm-hmm. um, riding her bicycle up and down.
1: Mm-hmm. The other person was an Eden, can't remember the first name now. Um, but that would have been an Eden in there, and there's several Eden's um, in there. Well, the well.
4: Eden's and Farrell's were.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, married to each other and so on and so forth um, janie Farrell, mm-hmm. her house was would have been almost in between the building that 's going up there by Hurley's mm-hmm. and the, the um the other apartments just towards the west of it mm-hmm. um. I remember it well, mm-hmm. it used to have a dock, in fact, <coughs> sorry about that, in fact Carl Bush, Captain Carl, told me that when he was a youngster, mm-hmm. the the, um, the water there by um, South Sound, Red Bay, in that area, mm-hmm. was so deep that the schooners would sail up the coast mm-hmm. and anchor or dock right where that house is now.
1: Oh, wow.
4: Um, today, I don't think you could, I believe you could walk and get, wouldn't be more than your you way of sleep right. there now. Wow. I remember as a boy, we used to go and get um, clams from there. there mm-hmm. Some them beautiful, big clams used to be there on a the little piece of beach.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Now, can you tell us about, I mean, I was curious this morning, a lot of people said to me that, um, I was curious why Caymanians always use beachfront for grave sites. But people said, which I think is quite logical during the morning show, that it's because it was just easier to dig in the sand (laughs) to put it in the grave. But
4: I'll give you a good excuse and reason for that. Yes. My old uncle Mm. sold one mile of that West Bay beach Mm -hmm. to Mr. Greenall for 100 pounds. Wow. And the excuse he gave the family was, it was only good for growing spore grass mm-hmm. and breeding sandflies.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: That's the value they gave it. But yes, uh, the the sandy area was better, easier for graves, because mm-hmm. remember in those days you couldn't keep a corpse more than 24, 36 hours. Mm-hmm. So you had to find some place that was easily
3: Accessible. convenient for... Yeah
4: digging the grave. Right. So that's why most graves were in that area.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, Now, I mean, this is, you know, we'll see what ends up happening here, but it looks like they're going to be relocating these three graves. Are you aware of any protocols involved in moving Um,
4: graves? I know that about a year or so ago, there was a public notice that government intended Having to move those graves, oh. and they were asking anyone that could identify them um, because they're doing a lane <coughs> <coughs> they're doing a, another lane coming from east mm-hmm. to, towards South Sound and Georgetown mm-hmm. that would really ease the traffic in that area, but it would ter- it 's going to be a terrible bot- mm. bottleneck another fifty feet down the road right. Um, Development has got away from us. Mm. We're going to have to buy helicopters.
1: Mm. We can't afford those. <coughs> <But> anyway. <laughs> um, so this is this is quite, quite interesting. Um, I guess, like I said, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But thank you for the little history on that. I mean, we have to sit down and talk to you about so many different things. I feel like you know a lot. So, um, you know, just in re- recent times, you and I have started talking. But you knew my father. And and his mother and you've heard all the stories about them so i'm very very interested to just find out more um about who i'm connected to you know because i didn't know until recently that i'm family to the mccoys i never knew that
4: well i didn't know that either um yeah well the Aunt dolly Bo- from boilers i feel certain that she was a Bodentown mm-hmm. mccoy but her mother as far as i know was from east end And um, the McCoys were an early family here and they Uh spread out, um, well known, well respected. Um, Uh She was a pretty little woman, Uh her hair was down beyond her waist, Uh very quiet and um, she, she was, I think she was either in-law mm-hmm. or sister-in-law or sister to a Bruna mm-hmm. Seymour. That's Concey Seymour and um, Hewitt Seymour who was a butcher here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got quite a bit r- packed away in my archive up in between my eyes but I can't remember mm-hmm. it right <laughs> now.
1: No problem, no problem. So um, you're thinking that she might have been, maybe an aunt of some kind to my grandmother.
4: I think she was an aunt,
1: to Miss Jane,
4: probably to Jane.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, Jane was Eureka's mother, mm. and Douglas, and a couple others, and your aunt mm-hmm. Lottie. Yeah. Um, I don't remember Jane, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but I've heard of her all the time. Yeah. There were quite a respectable family living in boilers mm. and um, it's a long story but those that family got into boilers got property in boilers because of their relationship with the Edens connection mm. with the Edens Wow.
1: Okay.
4: that area um, that general area was known as Egypt because it was the most producing productive part of the island at that time, of okay. Georgetown.
1: Productive in terms of cotton crops like and oh wow.
4: Cotton, um, sugar cane, mm. just about everything else because the, the very first note in a history book here, but in Hearst's book, mm-hmm. um, was dated 1734 and that refers to what is now halfway upon by Jose Station mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as being a plant in walk.
1: Wow. <coughs> Amazing. Huh. That's interesting because like, you just made me recall um, you know, my grandfather's little piece there where those apartments are now. I always remember back in there there were all kind of um trees growing, um, papaya, like all sorts of different well,
4: That's what I'm telling you. That and was stuff. that was Egypt. Yeah. Land wow. of milk and honey.
1: Amazing, huh? Wow, it's it's good to know because, yeah. of course, you know these are the things that we didn't necessarily know, but it, it makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Of course,
4: at, at that stage when I was a boy, Walker's Road wasn't even there. Right. The Boilers Road today, from North, from South Church Street, mm-hmm. going into Boilers Boilers area, was a foot bath, six feet. Mm-hmm. And it went right up to about where the school area is now. Mm-hmm. And then it was pick and go wherever you could get up mm-hmm. your foot. Because it, again, it was always flooded. And mm-hmm. the area there by the seven dead, where the school, mm-hmm. you, couldn't, you, you weren't able to walk beyond there without slipping down. Wow. It was, again, Egypt, yes. milk and honey. Yes. Crabs, everything else. In fact, um, the, there was a railroad from a rail the railroad. south coast, where, where the Foster Dive uh-huh. Dive Shop is, um, there on South Church Street, right. across almost into that same area where the Seventh Adventist School is.
1: We had a railroad and came. We out?
4: had a, well, it, it was railroad irons. They used yes. to. It was a push cart type thing. Wow. They okay. loaded. Um, what's the word, guana, guana. Mm-hmm. bat manure and so on, for shipping, for, for fertilizer, they collected it there mm-hmm. and they had another one area in West Bay they collected it from.
3: Mm. Hmm. The things you yeah. are truly amazing. I
4: remember um, my <coughs> son in school one day, uh, he, he had a project about early development, and he asked me about, re- if was there any railroads here? And I said, yeah, there are three. And he wrote it down, and the teacher correct, uh, f- f- marked it as error. Hmm. She failed him, failed him on the paper. But there was mm-hmm. th- three, three for Guana, and on the Georgetown dock, mm-hmm. there was another railroad between the dock, where the ships would unload on this flat mm-hmm. car, and the men would push it up to the warehouse close to, the, like in front of the Presbyterian church.
1: So she failed him not even knowing about key man's history she,
4: but that is our problem sandra <laughs> yeah everybody comes here came here yesterday knows that's more true. about us than we know that about is ourselves
1: so true. wow that's why i think it's so important to um you know speak to persons like yourself to really um get even just this snippet of information because there's so much that we don't know it's just really very amazing true. yes wow so you've spent most of your life, or all of your life, here in this area.
4: Apart from the five years at sea. Yes. I lived. My original house was about a thousand thousand yards to the west of where I am right now. Mhm. Wow. I could I could go on my roof here and see the roof of my ho- old house, mm-hmm. looking.
1: Mm-hmm. Amazing. So you spent five years. How old were you when you went to sea? Do you
4: remember? I think it was 19, 18 or 19.
1: Okay. Yeah, and you only stayed away for five years. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I made up my mind. I was going to do two trips. From, right. time I was, from the time I made up my mind to go to sea, mm-hmm. I made up my mind it was two trips. Mm-hmm. And I did a successful first trip. Mm-hmm. And the second trip, I was now six weeks when they tied up the ship and wanted to send me home. To come back again, and I told the captain, I say, if you send me home, that's it. I'm not coming back, Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't like to burn my bridges, right? Because national bulk in those days, if you didn't give them a full year, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't call you again.
1: Oh, I see.
4: So, I went from to on from that ship to two others.
1: Okay, so you were committed to one year contracts at that time. At that time, yes. And this, this National Bulk, I mean, I hear all the seamen talking about it. I guess that was the big.
4: Um, it was, we all refer to it as National Bulk Carriers. Mm-hmm. But in truth, in fact, National Bulk Carriers was the American company that owned this other company that was Unif- Universe Tank Ships. Mm-hmm. That we were employed with Universe Tank Ships. But you go to the office to ship out or anything, and mm-hmm. you went to National Bulk. Okay. Um, National Book was um, formed by a German, D.K. Ludwig, Mm -hmm. and some Kemanians were his early officers Mm -hmm. and he never forgot the officers that helped him because many many times they went without pay until they they could get money. Mm -hmm. He bought surplus ships and he even took some of them onto to Japan, cut them in two and made them longer. Wow. And then eventually he did, he started the first um, welding, ship welding company, where the, where the ships were put together by welding rather than rivets in Japan.
1: Mm. Okay. So because his early experiences were with Caymanians, he always kind of...
4: Captain Borden, and Cyril Rich, mm-hmm. and Captain Southall who was an American, but those three people Ludwig took care of them for the rest of their lives because mm. they stuck by him.
1: Mm-hmm. Amazing. So in the in the life of a seaman is five years considered was that an average amount of time? Was that more in the low end? Like how long did Cayman was
4: I. That was a low end really. Yeah. Uh, most of those seamen, Some of them would go out one trip for five years. Wow. They.
1: It was a lifetime yeah,
4: career. It, I was lucky enough that when I came home from, after five years, um, BWIA was an airline here and they had a job opening. Mm-hmm. And I knew one of the people that worked there and She saw me as I came off the plane and said, come see me tomorrow morning. And believe it or not, I was, I came home on the 28th of March, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I had a job with a necktie. First time in my life I wore a necktie (laughs) was the 1st of April, 1960.
1: It's amazing. So then you went from from the shipping to the airline business.
4: Yeah. And my wife and I um, went into some tourist, Shops Mm -hmm. as well, perfume and fine jewelry. Mm -hmm. In fact, landmark building. Margaret myself bought the Cuthbert Borden shop, what everyone knew as Willie Borden's shop. Mm -hmm. We bought that and we bought the English shop from Mrs. Cook Borden and built
1: Mm -hmm. landmark. So your wife was named Miss Margaret. Yeah so now i'm thinking about this because my aunt adonia who they call topsy always talks about this miss margaret that she used to work for would that have been your wife yes
4: adonia's a lovely lady
1: oh my gosh okay because she always says how she worked in this retail store yeah selling luggage and jewelry
4: jewelry we we sold it we introduced hallmark cards to keman wow we brought them here mm-hmm. and when we sold we would have for Christmas for Christmas shipment of Hallmark cards would be in the five, five six six thousand dollar range mm-hmm. at some of those cards sold at 25 cents each.
1: Wow I guess they sold With very 40 well. And,
4: 40 <laughs> and 50 large cartons would come in at a time.
1: Yes and people just loved mm-hmm. the Hallmark cards.
4: But Adonia was One of our lovely ladies, Margaret and Adonia, were good buddies up until she left me.
1: Wow, I just, I just right now putting that together because I hear her talking about her. I think it might have been her first job when she came to Georgetown. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. And yeah, she's always talking about Miss Margaret and. I think you guys also had Samsonite suitcases.
4: Yeah, we brought Samsonite, we introduced Samsonite yes, suitcases. Because I here. keep
1: hearing her talk about these Samsonite suitcases as well as a memory. Wow, that's amazing.
4: Another thing we brought here was Kiman had just really started skin diving. Mm-hmm. And all of the bezels on the watches, mm-hmm. if you would set it for the time you wanted it, to be underwater, but if you were unfortunate enough to scrape, you would mm-hmm. change the time, and you never knew when you had to come up. I was very friendly with one of the owners of, of a company called um, Delma Delma Watch Company, mm-hmm. and I told him, I said, "Look, you need to fix something there that it doesn't back up," mm-hmm. and he introduced that to dive watches. Wow! And it's my watches is resold enough watches in this island that that company gave us a name delma kemanyan
1: mm. amazing wow yeah. and
4: i still have a few
1: Huh. that's amazing so um you were in business for yourself you became an entrepreneur yes we didn't with your have wife. any
4: partners at all um, yes we always said that we would only go in partnership with anyone that we could sleep with
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a, that's a good, um, that's a good motto. I like that. Very good. Yeah. You kept it in the family together. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. And how long were you in the airline business for then? How long did you do that for?
4: We, we only sold that out about five years ago. Oh, basically okay. from 60 changing companies. Yes. Um, air G- BWI is suspended in 71 or two. Mm-hmm. I, um, Air Jamaica came to me and said, I want to come to command, will you help Mm me? Okay. And um, we started Air Jamaica here. Oh, wow. wow. Um, There wasn't even space in the airport terminal for us. You notice I said for us, there was space, but they wouldn't help us. Mm. They insisted that I build my own terminal. We had, air agencies had the only fully air conditioned airport terminal Mm -hmm. up there wow we my company was the first company here Uh with computers
1: (gasps) wow and you guys brought air jamaica here
4: um air jamaica and well those days when we brought air jamaica in they were partly owned by air canada so it was Uh really an air canada computer system Mm. but um
1: i had a good life yes wow that's amazing I feel like I could sit down with you all day and we could talk about so many different things. But um, I wanted to keep it a little bit short today because I did tell you that this was really um, just to focus on the grave thing. But as you can see, you start talking about different things. Well, and
4: if I'd known you were coming, I would have printed my file on Aunt Dolly and it would, yes. I could be a bit more informative. But um,
1: We'll do that another day for yep. sure. But thank you so much um, for your time. I'm always so appreciative of the information that you um, share with us and I you're just always willing to share and I think that that's that's so wonderful. Well
4: call anytime if I don't can't remember it I can always. I know I've got it written down or computerized.
1: Yes yes wonderful all right well thank you folks Um we're going to speak to Mr. Watler uh, in a little bit as well he's going to add some insight into um, just some additional information about some of his family members that he says are at that grave location so um, stay tuned for a bit more this isn't yeah. over yet thank you so much.
4: Brenner can fill you in on those far isles. good. Yes. His mother's house was just down the road. Just just on the South side of the Road. Yes. And thirty two hurricane. No, it was further down by by Bel Air. Mm-hmm. That's where their house was. Um and believe it or not, the sand has moved we're off now, right?
1: Mm-hmm. No, but, you're still going. Oh
4: God. <laughs> the sand has moved in that area so yes. badly that their house lot would have been halfway out to the reef.
1: Wow! So that's interesting because you know what's happening with with Seven Mile Beach now, and the shifting of the sand and the shoreline disappearing. You're saying that this is just how nature is. Cause that is not
4: nature at all. That's damn fool stupidness by developers.
1: Oh! To
4: be sorry about that. Yeah. Word.
1: Well, be frank. <laughs> yes.
4: One of those hotels went when it was going down there. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine who was connected with mm-hmm. what was happening and, and I went to the groundbreaking of that hotel mm-hmm. and he and I looked at it and said, but that place, that swimming pool is going to be out in the sea. Mm-hmm. And we raised enough cane that they made them move it, mm-hmm. but they still, that building is still halfway, at least 30 feet closer to the sea than it should be. And you go by there today, you'll see the breakwaters in the sea.
1: Wow. Okay, so that's not quite what was happening in South Sound.
4: You know, not quite because it it, it had started to move out. That sand had started to move out by that time. But mm-hmm. um, just about, mm, I guess, late 50s, mm-hmm. um, 60s, was a lot of reclamation there. For In fact, there was a pond across the street
3: mm-hmm.
4: called Fish Pond, um, 80 Parsons, the clerk of court used to go there and fish for tarpon all the time. Mm-hmm. It had a little wharf out in the middle of it and everything. Mm-hmm. And a, de- some, a developing company brought a dredge in, mm-hmm. pumped up from all that sand and filled that area. Mm-hmm. And you remember last, last year, we had a, some sinkholes. Right. That is where the water that used to go in and out from the sea to that pond st- mm. started to collapse again.
1: Mm. Wow, I feel like mother nature is always gonna reclaim it and take it back.
4: Well, you know, we have enough land. It's a small island, mm-hmm. but it's enough land for all of us that we don't need to go out in the sea to, to build. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, my dear, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Some wise words. There. Well, I'll
4: Oops. send you my bill.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Sandra,
4: I enjoy your, your work. It's well con- a, a, an excellent contribution to us. Thank you. Um, I can always call you and say, well, Sandra, you're not quite right, mm-hmm. and you will correct it. And that is something that you must never lose sight of. Yes. You must never, it must be a policy that you never change. Mm. If you don't know, say you will find out.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's right. Thank you. All right, folks, stay tuned. All right, folks, so good afternoon and welcome back. Um, we're here with Mr. Bernard Watler from South Church Street, who's joining us this afternoon, and he's here to give us some information on the gravesite in Prospect that we were at earlier. Um, Just a bit of history and who is there and what his connection would be to some of those people. He has a wealth of of knowledge and information and he's going to share just a snippet of that with us today. So good afternoon, sir.
10: Good afternoon, Miss Sandra. Thanks for coming by.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
10: A friend of mine sent me that this morning on my little small phone there, my little Mm -hmm. cell phone. Mm Because I don't get all of this stuff on these other... Um, Facebooks and stuff like that. I'm an mm-hmm. old guy, I'm 81 years of age and I I don't learn all that sort of something. I, mm-hmm. I just take life easy now and go long. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to hear what Miss Sandra was saying there. So I decided to contact her and give her a little buzz. So after mm-hmm. a bit I got the number, called her and this is the result of it. Now mm-hmm. I have heard her there this morning asking some questions and I'll do my best to try to fill in some of the answers for mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. The Whatler situation there, Winston Watler and his wife Dora. Winston was my father's brother. Okay. They actually lived in an old family home that is Aunt Dora's family home, just a little bit on the Georgetown side of where that graveyard is now. It, that family there consisted of Uncle Winston, Aunt mm-hmm. Dora, and Aunt Dora's sister Myrtle. Mm-hmm. Her Aunt Dora's father was a man by the name of Lee Croft Eden. Right. Her mother was one of the Farrell from the Farrell family. A lot of people don't realize, but it was a quite a nice family, size family there in that area. Mm-hmm. And that area was known as Spring Gardens.
1: Wow, okay. And it
10: was Herman Farrell and his wife, Miss Janie Farrell. Mm-hmm. And they had some sons and I think that's where you find them buried there. Mm-hmm. Carf, um Farrell from up in Low Valley is actually the grandson from there. And Aunt Dora's people... Is all in there, and then the Farrells had Miss Janie, and, and they've had some daughters that married away, and that is where the Brown come in yonder. Some mm. of her, her people there, okay. And so it's a different a mix of um surnames in there, but they're all originally connected somewhere along the line there with the Farrells mm. in that area there.
1: Now I personally, and of course I don't know a whole lot of Cayman history, so I love speaking to people like yourself, but the Farrells, where did they come from? Because that name doesn't sound quite as familiar. Do you know anything about where they were from?
10: I can't say exactly where they were from, probably someplace. place. Uh, probably from, if you look it up, you'd probably find out it's probably from Ireland or uh-huh. Scotland or somewhere there. Yes. Because what you have to realize, Miss Sandra, is that here in Cayman we are a very mixed race of people, mm-hmm. very very mixed race. Yes. So we have a few like, that surnames have continued to go on, mm-hmm. but you have some of them that the surnames are finished. Mm-hmm. There is still some Farrell surnames here though, because mm-hmm. Carl Farrell and his brother Monte, Monte only died here about a year ago, uh-huh. and I think Monte has a son that's going by the Farrell surname. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But they, they, were, um, they were Jane of Farrell's and Herman Farrell's grandchildren. Their father was Carlton Farrell, mm-hmm. and Carlton Farrell was married to Miss Elvira from up in Low Valley. So they lived up that side of the world.
3: Mm.
10: And then there was also Ashby um, Farrell, was Mr. Harmon and, and Ms. Miss, Miss Jane's um, son. Mm-hmm. He was, um, he was, he lived there in the house. I don't think he was all that well at the time. And then Uncle Winston's little boy mm-hmm. is buried there. As mm-hmm. far as I remember, he was like about four years old when he developed mm-hmm. some infection mm-hmm. and he passed away.
1: So that was the little that, small grave that I saw. Oh, wow.
10: The, the small grave that you saw, yes, yes. ma'am. That was his grave. Mm-hmm. Those some of those vaults there, I actually helped build those vaults. Wow. So I went way back into it there. Yes. Okay. Family connections and what have you.
1: So that is actually a private grave site.
10: Definitely. Yes. Definitely.
1: Yep.
10: Now, you're also asking about the lady there, Miss Dolly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Miss Dolly is actually from Bordentown. Town. She was a Jackson, mm-hmm. and I—I um, I guess I—I I would be okay to to say that um, Miss Polly, who does the nice corned beef sandwiches,
1: mm-hmm.
10: that's her aunt.
1: Okay.
10: And um, she was originally married to a Harvey Farrell. Okay. But he left Cayman, and like a lot of people who left Cayman, especially the men, they never came back. Mm. So he went, whatever. If he died over there or what, I don't know. And then, in long years after, then she married the gentleman from Northside. Mr. McCoy, so that is why you see her going there now by uh-huh. by um, McCoy.
1: So, despite her remarrying, she still basically got buried with her husband's original With her family. husband's
10: original people yes. buried there in, in, that, in that private okay. graveyard of theirs. There. That's
1: interesting.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
10: Very interesting.
3: Mm-hmm.
10: Uncle Winston's, well, mm-hmm. um, his father in law, Lee Craft's house, like I said, was just a little bit on the down downside from that graveyard, Mm -hmm. and then in 1970, what, 70, 71, 72, somewhere around there, Mm -hmm. we took that house down Mm -hmm. in sections and brought it and put it on Uncle Winston's house lot there in Halfway Pond which is right across the road there from Amelia's restaurant, right. where I have some apartments now. Okay. That was his house lot from his Watler ah, family. Okay. And that is where Aunt Dora, Uncle Winston, and Myrtle resided then for many years. Mm. And then both of them developed with cancer mm-hmm. and they passed away within a few months of one another. So
1: that's the grave that I saw, because I thought it was so interesting. One was born in, like, I think it was 1909, and then the next one 1910, but they died literally, one was like May, and just months apart. About wow. six months apart. Oh, wow. Interesting.
10: Yes, that I know, because I stayed yes. there, me and my wife, Maisie, mm-hmm. stayed there and took care of them through all of that time, yonder. Wow. It wasn't an easy deal. Yes. And so back
1: in those days, you would just move a house. You would disassemble it and move it.
10: Well, that sometimes. would be the one way that they could get it. It would yeah. not be that expensive because even back then, you know, you just didn't get things for nothing, that's for yeah. sure. So the family home was there. Right. And as far as I know, Aunt Dora did not have any brothers. She had another sister, Vera. And Vera had married to a Thompson, mm-hmm. and they lived in America, up around Cadillac, Michigan and about up there is where they were at. Mm. And then after Uncle Winston and Adora passed away, Vera's daughters took Myrtle up there with them for a while, mm-hmm. until Myrtle passed away. And mm-hmm. uh, they also had a brother, Herm, Herman Farrell. Her- Herman Thompson, I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. Thompson. And that's what you see there, that Herman Thompson. That's that is Adora's nephew then, in other words. Mm. Her sister Vera's son. Right. He used to come out and visit with them there at Crew Road. I knew him. He was a big man. He had beautiful straight black hair. He looked almost his hair like it would be, you know, Indian type of hair. White mm-hmm. white man, but very, they were nice people, mm-hmm. and Myrtle was a like an angel, a lovely little mm-hmm. soul. She never, she never got married. She was a lovely person, and so was Aunt Dora. Mm-hmm. They were all good, solid, decent, kind people. Mm-hmm. And Dora worked for all her lifetime, I guess, mm-hmm. for Doctor Roy Tiger and his places in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And life, you know, was, was Uncle Dad, De- Uncle Winston was actually in charge of the customs up the airport yonder for, mm-hmm. oh, for a long, 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 long time. Oh, he wow. was in the civil service there. Okay. He's a brother to um, Uncle Winston mm-hmm. and daddy, my father, Royal Watler. Mm-hmm. That was a big, big family, you know. <clears throat> it was,
1: mm-hmm.
10: it was um, nine children, Seven oh. sons and two daughters.
1: Wow! Mm-hmm. Now this um, brother, this uncle that you're speaking of, he would have been younger than your father. He, he was, was younger
10: than dad. He was some of the youngest, youngest ones. My yes. father was among the oldest one.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. Very interesting. But that's what
10: took place in that little cemetery yes. there, and it it's private. Yeah. And um, I still wonder mm-hmm. if removing those three graves is. Mm-hmm. I guess kind of new hair for us and came on, another one of new ways to go. Mm. And I'm still wondering whether it is going to be worth the problems and, and uh, the upheaval to do that. How much more can that help that situation up there with the traffic? Mm. Just moving three graves? Yeah, I like don't know, much. I don't know, but you know, I'm not in the government and I don't make the decisions. So yeah. all I can do is... They just, you know, go along with it. But to me personally, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't see the advantage of it. Mm-hmm. It's like I always heard about my mother says, like the Paddy's pillar case, mm-hmm. come to more than it's worth. However, you all might all understand that it comes to more than it's worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, but yeah. those things happen.
1: And this, this concept of moving graves, it does seem, even in today's time, to me, a little bit strange. But. Um, in days gone by that's certainly not something that that would have happened. I mean you, no. you'd you find a way to to move the no. road if you had to before you moved the grave. Yeah,
10: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The graves was, you know, you can remember but the graveyards were always well kept. People mm-hmm. kept going each, at least on the time, weekend time, putting bouquets on, sanding mm-hmm. the graves and especially mm-hmm. in West Bay, oh my goodness, beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. But nowadays um, most people don't, don't remember where the people are buried or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and it's we're change we're changing and changing more and, and, mm-hmm. and, and becoming a different people for some reason or the other
3: yes
10: I hope it'll be for the best but to me personally no 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 I, I perform my old-time ways mm-hmm. when. Like I was just telling Miss Sandra here how close me and her father was. She didn't know all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh yes, we all lived here together in this area.
3: Mm-hmm.
10: And we seen one another all the time. We knew yeah. exactly who was what. But um, I could tell her some stories. But maybe some <laughs> it would, would would be good on this area in this area here. <laughs> Anything more yes. you want me to add to that, Miss Sandra?
1: Um, no, I think for our purposes, but we're going to be talking to you hopefully more because um, like I was you know, telling our audience, our listeners, that we're going to be having these segments called Conversations With where we really dig into Cayman history because your history as an individual and as a family is collectively our history as a people. That's correct. You know? That's correct. we're all connected.
10: We're all <laughs> There again, and I'll probably get a black eye for saying this too, but dig down far enough down and you'll probably find out that Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line we all Mm -hmm. share the same root heritage. Absolutely. People don't believe that, especially when the race business is played into it, but more or less, that's exactly how it is, Mm -hmm. that's exactly how it goes.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even as we um, become more modern and we're kind of transitioning, for me personally, I understand that if we don't know our history, well, we're doomed as a people, you know, because that mm-hmm. plays such an important part in just our overall um, progress and where we do want to go and what our vision is for, our, for the Cayman Islands. So I thank you um, well, for Reaching out, first of all, and for um, being so willing to speak with us this afternoon.
10: I agree with you there. And it's a known saying, if you don't know where you come from, you won't know where you're going. Absolutely. And that is for sure. Yes. And I am proud, very proud of my heritage. Yes. I'm a, I consider myself humble, but I am very proud of my heritage. I come from a very mixed race of people.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Wattler. I certainly enjoyed this segment with you this afternoon. And um, we'll be back soon.
10: Good. I look forward to sitting and talking with you. I'll tell you one thing, a lot of it that I'll tell you, you won't want to put on your program, that's <laughs> for so sure. But it will be we'll good. Put it, we'll put it, it all there. It will be good for you to know. Exactly. What is what?
1: Yeah. No, our listen, our <laughs> listeners they wanna know. They wanna know the ins and outs and the, the behind the scenes stories, so
10: oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that's why we all call right. it the Mall Road, <laughs>
10: <laughs> That's true.
1: Because <laughs> we want it all. And we know you guys have quite quite a number of memories oh, and stories to share.
10: Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe it. You better believe it. Well you thank you, you so it.
1: much, my dear. Really appreciate it.
10: <laughs> okay. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Keep in touch.
2: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth.